What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the All Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote. Join me on the panel tonight, Art. Blake Starling. Roger May. You're already laughing, Johnny Morales. Blake's here, that's yeah, why. Yeah. Producing as always is... Matt Lubick. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Thank you. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, we are a somewhat spoilery podcast, so we're probably going to ruin the endings of some stuff for you, so we'll try to give you as much heads up as we can. Stop glaring at me like that. <laughs> just listening to you talk. Yeah. Um, every week, man. I know. It's just, uh, uh, see, you've, you've just, I love gaze ner- just I, threw me all out of whack just now. It's all your fault. For the listeners out there, I'm just not nerves. Here. I'm just, just listening, guys. You know, he has know. something to say. Yeah. Like, wait, just say it. Come yeah. on. Say I know. It. I'm listening I can intently. see in his face. Anyway, this has already gone off the rails. We typically review a Marvel book, a DC book, and an independent book. Um, we have a graphic novel that uh, our lovely guest chose for us to review this week. You can't take all the credit. <laughs> he, he's going to say that I chose it, but he's the one that brought it up. And I just agreed because we both love the book. And it was someone's birthday last Stop week. Stop it. He, guys, uh, he is fo- <laughs> he's 42 years old. 34, but close, close. enough. 97 <laughs> Uh, thank you, Blake. Uh, we'll do some. Oh I think we have some news somewhere, and we'll like do some time. trivia. So, without further ado, Roger, tell us about our DC book this week. All right, uh, the DC book we chose to review this week is Action Comics uh, issue nine ninety three, written by Dan Jurgens, art by Dan is, Jurgens. Is it just Prado? Dan Jurgens. What? Dan See, Dan I didn't know that. Both. I didn't oh, know did he? Both. Yeah. Oh, this was okay. this was a trip to twelve-year-old Jonathan. This week. okay. Oh, that's nostalgia. That's really did cool. You tell twelve-year-old Jonathan. Okay, shut up. Oh my god! All right, let's keep going. Um, okay, so uh, in in a uh, a moment of identity crisis, Superman mistakes himself to be Batman, decides to go back in time. You know, at the moment of Krypton's demise, to see who messed with. Uh, his, pulling his dad yeah. out of the time stream yeah, forgets that Krypton has a red sun and he's really screwed when he gets there. Right. <laughs> How does someone? Well, I mean, does he? He knows about his planet. Like, there's. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like. Information. Yeah, I just love how the how long sometimes it takes his powers to go away. Like the duration of yeah, red yeah, sun yeah. exposure. Sometimes it's instant, depending on the plot of the story. Sometimes <laughs> it takes like twenty four hours. Right. So well, because I mean, his his cells are all solar batteries, yeah. and so you, I mean, he's gonna have he's gonna have a store in there, and it depends, I guess, on how much he. Superman is clean. Superman's energy. up, you yep. know. When, so. when he's going through the time tunnel, didn't they say that he was getting affected by the rays? Could I don't know? Could that be the explanation? Maybe? Could be. Because like when he lands there, he's kind of like depleted because his body was like trying to fight. Chronal storm. Chronal storm. Chronal there, storm. there. Yeah, because yeah, um, and the other side of this is Booster Gold shows up. Because the new you know, story arc and is Booster, Booster Shot. shot. <laughs> Booster Shot. Um, <laughs> that was so lame. <laughs> we're twelve. So we're twelve right now. I love uh, that. Booster tries to go back to stop him from trying. So this is. Uh, the setup for uh, Booster Saves Superman. Which I loved. I thoroughly loved this issue. Oh, Like I said, I felt like 12-year-old me. Oh, yeah. I was so. like, where's Jeff Johns? But it was Dan Jurgens who did just a good job. Yep. It's a really good issue. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I think I read the last issue where like Superman decides to you know go into the time stream. I'm like, that's kind of dumb of you, Superman. What are you doing? Um, but, you know. All for the story. It's it's fun. Uh, I kind of I really enjoy seeing Booster Gold. I haven't actually read read 
much of uh, booster gold stuff. Dan Jurgens created yeah. booster. Oh yeah. That's why I wanted to use him for this. You're so close to him that you call him Booster. Yeah. Okay. I could call him Michael. By first name. Oh, you nerd. Um, yeah. You know, it's hey, it's a fun issue. Just trivia later. Oh, stop <laughs> it. My bad. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, say we'll test Johnny's memory. I I don't know anything about Booster Gold. If um, you ever get a chance, read Jeff Johns runs on it. It's really good. He's 52 the one that like made was really good. Booster cool. Where they, they literally released a comic every week, 52, Booster Gold, Question gets a spotlight, a bunch of side characters that are really cool. I need to spotlight. read through 52. Yeah. It's a weekly? Yeah. Well, back, it I mean, it's done. Well, it's all yeah. collected now. But yeah, they did that for the a year. The big three w- disappeared. They were gone. I really hated Batman Eternal, so maybe I might not look into that. Yeah. That was like well, really Bat-centric, though. This yeah. was the like DC this universe. Is all okay. B-listers, C-listers. The, yeah, the B and Cs have to like step up. Right. Well, okay. DC did that three years in a row. I believe it was it was Jeff Johns wrote, and then was Greg Rucka one of the writers too? I think it was Azarello. Azarello, well, okay. Yeah, there were teams. Right. They they swapped but, off. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This this issue was fun. Uh, uh. Rogers right. The thing at the end is silly that he forgot that his plan his home planet has a red sun. And he's like, oh, those rays it hurt. Why? <laughs> and okay, in his defense, mm. maybe he was a little woozy from the time distortion. The, the, the That's the storm? only thing I can think right. of. Because you I know, know Jurgens has been writing. I don't Superman know if Supes necessarily long, long intended to to land on Krypton. He intended to go there to witness the like explosion, the the destruction of Krypton to see yeah. if right. his father was plucked from yeah. the planet. The so most like the most inter- stop, Johnny, stop right there. Oh. <laughs> like, don't don't close why? the book. Okay. Um the most interesting thing in this in this comic was this two page spread of, you know, Superman coming through and he gets he has their two timelines that he gets glimpses of. Oh, is that what that is? And mm-hmm. the one on the right looks like um, a you know uh, a timeline where Krypton was never destroyed, um, or I, actually not never destroyed, but they all everybody made it off world, not not just the one ship. And on the left, it's the the timeline that he remembers where mom and dad, or that he was a part of, that where mom and dad sent him off into space. Um, I mean that's a great two page two page splash. It is. It's like him um, popping out of the page. I, I love Hi Fi's colors. It's really good. I it felt it felt very like it's, a, it's heefy. Heefy? No. <laughs> don't don't even. <laughs> don't even it's already it. bad enough with names. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I'm sorry, Blake. Yeah. I also like this two like this two page spread just because it's very Dan Jurgens from the '90s. <laughs> See, we thought you weren't gonna like this, Johnny, because you d- you normally don't like comics from the '90s, and, and this felt this very '90s screaming like right. nostalgia, yeah. but with like a modern take. Yeah. Not, the, not the '90s that I read. Oh, hey, like, let me let me ask you a question because uh, you guys have read the issue before this. Did he consult Lois on this at all? No, no. Okay, I didn't think so. Look, Lois would have been like, the, "Sweetie, these are the pro- I know these are the problems that I have with it." You know, it seems out of character for Superman. I, you know, I would think that. I mean, he's got a family. Everything that they've done uh, up to this point, it's like, does he have a plan to get back? Did he? You do know, it? wait a minute. Did he consult Lois? Did he consult? He no, didn't consult so. Flash. You know, the the guy who is you know the time travel. You know, guy. I don't think he consults uh, anybody. He's just like, oh, yeah, he's just go. like, I'm gonna do it. Yep. He goes, he goes rogue, uh, and decides to to go see who's messing with the the timeline, and that seemed out of character for me. And then the other thing was, I spent 
all kind of reading this all the way through the comic i'm like red sun red sun red sun he, he's not gonna you know when are they gonna address that and they finally did on the last page and that was cool it was like it was good that they they acknowledged that i thought they were just gonna you know Right. Put that like, to the side. Blake and Jonathan mentioned like it does feel nineties. Um and I didn't get that until the end. It's like, oh, there's a red sun. I completely forgot. That kind of feels, you know, like nineties dialogue. Um but you know, it was it was a good comic, uh, apart from that uh dumb thing at the end. Like it, it's a solid uh read. It's very interesting, like what's going on with the the right side timeline. Yeah, I'm not I'm I'm not sure what you know what that you know they'll probably come back and address that i'm not sure exactly what that's supposed to be outside of that you know uh all the you know a lot of kryptonians made it off in these spaceships but for me i think it's a matter of perspective i thought this was an okay book but i you know i was bothered um you know in the back of my mind i had all these things going on like superman would never do that he would not and so i was i was questioning basically every choice that the writer made in going through this because i didn't think that they had sufficient grounds to have his character, I, it felt like completely out of character. So I just thumbed through all of 992. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he does talk to Lois, but what? What? Because I, I couldn't remember how he like he came to the conclusions he came to. He was still being like very much like weighed down by the whole like, is it Jorel? Is it not? Like, what does that say about me if that is my father? That okay. whole thing. And so Lois was like, well, you know, I know you'll kind of get to the bottom of it and find what you're looking for. <coughs> and so he heads up to the watchtower. To, to try to analyze something and he sees Flash's cosmic treadmill and he kind of gets this half cooked like that's hmm. kind of like criminal behavior you know I mean like maybe and I does he have that. a plan does he have a plan for coming back if he needs the cosmic treadmill to get there right how the heck is he going to get back okay let me ask you this guys do you think he's having irrational thoughts because it involves seeing his father and his home planet and yeah. that's why he's doing the well, things they, that he's doing they, yeah they try to they try to pull like the whole emotional side of it like See, he's like, still kind of reeling from the whole thing with oz but, yeah, the thing but he's is, also a father yeah. yeah he's not gonna he's not gonna leave john you right know, and no like the thing that i kind of um throws me off is like why does he care if his dad was kind of, you know, mean? Like, he never knew him. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, wh why would he want to see, like, oh, my dad couldn't have been a bat? Who cares? You know, you've never met him. Well, why Why do you care so much? Hmm. Listen, um, Johnny. Well, he, but he was influenced by him. I mean, because his father was his teacher for a long time. Right, yeah. The, I, uh, the yeah, I can understand that. Stuff. I mean... There was a perception um, of his father that also, he had. I thought you needed the speed force to use the cosmic treadmill, not just run really fast. Well, Superman's uh, pretty fast. Yeah. Well, but I don't think he can access the speed force, though. I don't, it's never been stated that I think you need the speed force in order to use the cosmic treadmill. I think, I think the, reason, the reason why the Flash uses the cosmic treadmill is because he can control it where he ends up in time versus if he just uses the speed force, he might end up someplace in time that he didn't in intend, I believe. Right? Yeah, that sounds, isn't that sounds the cosmic good. treadmill made by the legionnaire by the legion or the legionnaires or no what? i think I it know. was made by like in new 52 continuity it was made blaine? by somebody else blaine oh, are you okay. listening future yeah. blaine blaine if you're out there <laughs> yeah i i dude i don't remember that that's, yeah, a, good, that's a good nerdy question i want to say it was the yeah also, i think it was the legionnaire i just want to know what his plan is for getting back also if like, he didn't have a plan for getting back he's a fool and i don't think superman's a fool you know, uh, like, yeah, the cosmic treadmill was left behind, right? Uh, that's yeah, but Booster took it with him. Well, 
Superman would Booster's going to save Superman. Everything is super- That's the whole point. Booster I know, but that's why it's called Booster Show. Know that Booster's going to you know, <laughs> save him. Listen, I, I think the main reason why I wanted to see his dad, even if, you know, he's trying to find out, you said he's trying to find out if he's, uh, if his dad was like really the way he was. And he even sees what he sees his dad allied with Zod. And he's kind of like, what? That's not right. Maybe that's why he was kind of shocked. And when he got shot, he was like, oh yeah, right. Red son, that type of thing. I don't know. But coming from somebody who doesn't have a father. <laughs> Wait, I go. thought you said Roger was. Well, kind of a stepdad, but he beats me. Anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is he's like, he's like, I'm trying to, okay, guys, in that aspect, he's, he's like Batman where Batman, anytime it comes to his family, has a rational thought when he's trying to figure out something with his family or he had that chance to see his dad and stuff like that. He's just irrational about it. Yeah, that makes sense. You guys are heartless. If you're laughing, you're heartless. Yeah. Yeah. Not in this car. (laughs) Well, Dave. No, and also, like, I think in, in other in another uh, Dan Jurgens action comic, like, uh, I think John uh, gets taken, and like Lois is in a hospital, and he goes to Lois, and like, no father would ever, you know, not look for their son. That was in the the normal Superman comic. That was after Lois supposedly had like been right. hurt bad, and he right. didn't know where John was. Like, that's the thing. Like, no dad would not look for their son. And like, oh, I have to make sure that you're okay. Like, she's with doctors. It'll be fine. Go look for your gosh darn son. Well, he did. Well, after. It was also like mm. a supervillain thing, dude. Right. But like, I think no dad. No, no child dad has ex- superpowers either that you don't have to necessarily worry right, about. Right. I them. know. But like, no dad in existence would ever like let their uh, son, you know, be taken like that it, without like looking for him first. But anyway, I, that's I just, don't know. People give Blake candy all the time, and yeah, I'm okay. That's true. I've been in a so. lot of vans. <laughs> God, I love this. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah. So, you want to read it? Yes. Um, two and a half stars for me. I, I really love the art. Um, the storytelling. You know, I want my books to make sense. Even even in the world of comics, I want I want all the little stuff to make sense too. And um, I, I found myself second guessing all of the motives hmm. uh, in this book. So, two and a half. I'm not hung up about it. I, I I give it a four. I enjoyed it. Um, you're right. It does feel very 90s. Uh, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Four. My rating is going to be completely biased because I had the 90s feels. Like I, I was reading it and I'm we get like it. You're Jonathan. Old. Yeah, I'm old. Thanks. Um, uh, you leave me hanging? Leave a me five. Hanging. I give it a five. Johnny, why do you have to be so mean? <laughs> I'm going to give it a five too because uh, we were talking about it last night and that was we were geeking out about like and bet just the Dan Jurgens feels. <laughs> In what? <laughs> Nothing. Just, I, lo- you know, I love his Xbox. booster gold. Yeah. I thought his booster gold was uh, solid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you guys rate it if you weren't biased? <laughs> if I wasn't I would like, have said four. Yeah, four, four, four and a half. Four like, half. it's not perfect, but, like, but yeah, the thing it is, makes me, like, feel like, like I said, 12-year-old me. And 12-year-old me didn't need everything to necessarily yeah. make sense. Yeah, right. It was just yeah. like, Superman, like, booster gold, stuff is happening, yeah. bright thing, colors. The, 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 I'm a the, kid. I don't have bills yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not being crushed by crippling dad. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> God. The thing is, they, they loved it, and that's a five. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, what are we doing? Indy? Do you indie. want to do indie or do you? Oh yeah, that's my book. Sorry. Oh, you're we're doing indie next. Yeah, okay. we're doing indie. All right. Uh, Jeff Lemire month continues. Yes, pretty much. Um, so uh, I really wanted to review another issue of Royal City because we reviewed the first one and I really liked it. 
And I haven't. Maxi re- series. Sorry. I have no clue. It's apparently it's, it's ongoing. ongoing. It's ongoing. Wow. Yeah. Um. And it's been a while, and I wanted to see kind of where this was. Yeah. Um. So you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh. So anyway, it uh Royal City charts the lives, loves, and losses of a troubled family. Uh, and a vanishing town across three decades. Patrick Pike, a, a fading literary star who reluctantly returns to the once thriving factory town where he grew up, is quickly drawn back into the dramas of his uh, two adult siblings, his overbearing mother and his browbeaten father, all of whom are still haunted by different versions of his youngest brother, Tommy, who drowned decades ago. Royal City is a return to the literary and thematic territory of Lemire's breakthrough comic uh, graphic novel Essex County. Nice. Oh wait, and his most ambitious and most personal project to date. Quote your source. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Image website. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. Like, because uh, one of the, it's tough to pitch this book no, because it's very because you don't know what's um, going on. It's not that you don't know what's going on. It's a drama. I mean, the easiest way to say it's a drama. See, I thought that it was supposed to be sci-fi because it's Jeff Lemire or something like that. There was going to be something weird going on. And the whole time I'm reading, I'm like, this is good drama, but where's the aliens and stuff like that? I didn't know what the series was about. Like, I just knew it was Jeff Lemire, Royal City. Well, there I'm is, in. There you know is, what I mean? Everybody I like is being haunted shot. by you know, okay. these ghosts. I don't know if they're ghosts yet. We don't know if it's just memories or... It, okay. I didn't know. Like, we reviewed issue one of this book. And it was it was really cool. I mean, it was okay. really really suspenseful. Coming in, I, ha- I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have not stayed up with this book. I haven't read any other issues. Yeah. So coming in either. at this point, you know, it seemed this seemed like a flashback issue. Like he's there, mm-hmm. there in the past, and and yeah, um, I'm not really sure. Um, because you have multiple people see, you know, Tommy's basically on this path. He goes on this car ride with his brother, comes back out. He's hanging out on the the um, roof ledge with, uh, was that his sister? I believe so. Okay. I want to say it's his sister. Um, yeah, I think so. That's his sister. He's not the one that, okay, so that's his sister, right? That's not a girl that he, see, I thought that was a girl that he possibly hooked up with because she has like the, the spoilers, she has like a pregnancy test and then it's like positive. She's tripping out about it. No, and I think like that's, I think that is his sister. That's his sister. Okay, see, because, I didn't know that. Because in the first, the first issue, issue, she has the kid. Remember? Oh, so this is all flashbacks. All of this is. I flashbacks. think that that's what I'm thinking of, right? Yes. Okay. We should have like reviewed like the graphic novel. <laughs> so okay. We should have done. I think. Well. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that you know before too long we'll come back and we probably will do that because I you know um, at the end of the day when I was reading this book I didn't care because I love I love how. Uh, Lemire paces his his comics. Um, I'm I'm really in love with his art and his coloring, and also his style of storytelling. I mean, he's one of the most creative guys. I never really think you know. I just whenever I I pick up a Lemire comic, I open it up and I start reading it. But then you you always have that moment where you turn the page and you go, oh, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, and and for this one, it was where it was you know on the notebook paper. Mm-hmm. From yeah, you know he's he's the journal, I guess you would say. Yeah, yeah. This takes place in the nineties, um, correct? The flashbacks. I have no idea. Well, I, they made the Nirvana reference. There's a lot this, of flannel. This Nirvana particular Slayer, issue yeah. does. Okay. The first no one, one has cell phones. Further in in the future, it's modern day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. After his brother becomes a a deadbeat and yeah, drug addict or whatever. The um, brother that he idolized. This one, that was an oh. issue. Oh. Well, 
it's really hard to say with this book because each each sibling remembers Tommy differently. They had a different relationship, and that's and Tommy, that is true. And Tommy brought different things to that relationship. It was how they perceived. It was like the mother always perceived Tommy as an angel, and so he came back as. Um, when his mother saw Tommy as an older, he, she saw him as an older Tommy, but as a priest, because he w- he could do no wrong in her eyes. But um, to to this brother, the one that he went in the car with, I'm pretty sure that um, that uh, Tommy was kind of like a sidekick to him, mm-hmm. you know, um, somebody that that uh you know didn't put him down or didn't pressure him or anything someone he could be as himself around so i i really i i'll i'll probably catch up on the graphic novel this weekend because there's there's a lot of ground that's been covered in this story and i need to know i need to know what because there's a this book has some meaning especially with the pregnancy test um and and dealing you know specifically with the two siblings and I want to I want to know how we got from the first issue to here, so I'll mm-hmm. go back and catch up. One of the things I really like about the way Lemire does stuff is his dialogue is some of the best dialogue in comics. It feels genuine. Yeah, it doesn't feel like I'm scripting these words for these characters to move the the plot forward. Um, it it very much feels like you're just kind of a fly on the wall observing a real family conversation. That's absolutely true. I agree. So, um, and because I I got that. I, I think I was able to actually articulate that thought yesterday when I read through this. I was just like, man, this just feels like a real family. Like it's not scripted. So I I really love that about the way he, he his characters interact and, and talk to each other. Is is each issue from someone's different perspective of Tommy? Like this issue was supposed to be Tommy's perspective or no, it just flips back and forth? We don't know. Oh, We've only okay. ever re- reviewed the first book, which... Yeah, it's okay. it kind of sets everything up with the oldest brother coming back into town, okay. and then you're getting these I'm various. So ashamed. <laughs> yeah, you're getting these various uh, kind of like points of view from his family how they see Tommy. Yeah, but I mean, and then you find out at something. the end. You find out at the end. Spoilers: he's dead because you right. don't know he's dead at first. But he, he t- but he tells you that what in like the second or third issue you were saying. When do you find out that he's dead? The, the end of first. first. Oh, they tell you right off the bat. Yeah, but okay. it takes the whole first well, issue to get there. Yeah, okay. it's weird, but and and no other characters show up here because like in the first issue, his dad had had like a stroke. That's right, and he was in the high, you know, in the hospital. But he had he had been hearing Tommy's voice come over like this the radios because he had the hobby. And, yeah, and then his dad had a stroke and ended up in the hospital, and that's why you know they had gone to the hospital and the the, the mother was there and Tommy had come into like the 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 hospital room. But as a priest, uh, so it's got it like, like a supernatural version. Oh yeah. Oh, see, okay. It's it's more supernatural. Okay, that's cool. The other thing I can't, I was curious about was was this cover. Um, it's a wraparound cover, and and I'm pretty sure that it's the same girl mm-hmm. because of the the shadow but, of the hair. But they're dressed differently, right? I, I mean, think no, this it, is the past. This is the future or present day. That okay. See, okay. I wondered why he made that little. See right there how her hair is the same, the shadow is the same as the girl from the past. I was like, wait, Lemire wouldn't just do that uh, do that accidentally. I mean, that's got to be on purpose. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it still could be, well, I guess not. But I think it's supposed to symbolize the same 
character, but one from the past, one from the future. Because I think this is definitely that's during this book. During She's this wearing book. the same outfit yeah. with the jeans. This over. I'm fairly certain is the is what we saw in the first issue. Okay, is the older sister with the kid? I could swish. And you have those dark storm clouds. Yeah. <laughs> around royal city i mean so. even if even if i didn't know it was a supernatural book i still buy it as a drama i would pick it up and it's an issue five i mean what does that say about jeff lemire as a writer he can pull you in this is issue, issue eight. eight. Oh, okay um <laughs> i can't read i i went to public school okay <laughs> well that's counting so i can't even say it's backwards it's an eight there's no way yeah. you can't see that that's an eight it's it's infinity <laughs> oh. Oh. um Every yeah time. no i you know i it's a, do you guys Johnny what do you think I thought it was it was fine uh, like the thing is um, I can see why these characters feel important but to me they didn't really it, nothing really sucked me in to read yeah. the previous issues or more uh, even having read issue one I think that's the thing like I don't really remember much of issue one I think that's the only thing that's not helping me come back to it like this it's like Jonathan said the dialogue is great the the Sto- like there's a story there in this just in this one issue and it's interesting but to me I'm like okay I think I could just wait a cup a while until he finishes it and then maybe read it I can see that I don't think there was much of a hook right in in this issue right. at, at any point it's uh you know it's kind like, of Tommy going through like his I guess day the hooks would be like in the middle like where you see the pregnancy test or I th- things I like that I think if right my guess is uh, Nathan I hope that you're listening to this after you've read this issue probably because he picked up today um but my guess is is that uh is that that pregnancy test was like a major no I, you know, there's just a callback to his series Trillium that one of the characters is dressed like they're from Trillium. Oh, oh, that's funny. Like that they're actors, huh? But they're all dressed like the, from the Trillium book. That's oh, that's crazy. hilarious. Jonathan's looking through the Royal City graphic novel to kind of get yeah his bearings. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that's really funny. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Art is always beautiful. Like, come on, it's Jeff Lemire. Yeah. Uh, like it's just it's it's killer. Like, uh, how expressive he can be, uh, with um, I mean. Like it's, he doesn't even use that many lines, and and there's like so much detail in each yeah. one of his panels. Uh, yeah, I mean that's his superpower yeah. is is being able to show emotion through his characters. Yeah, uh, like the book is really good. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just this book in particular, it didn't have any hooks for me to go back to. You know. Yeah, and I think that's well. Like, it feels like it feels, and because Blake, I think this is the only issue of this that you've ever read, and it probably just yeah. felt more like a slice of life book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's kind of how I view this. I mean, you can tell that there's, well, for for I think us having read issue one, that there's there's other stuff going on. Um, for me, I I mean, I I love Lemire's writing so much. I want to you know go back and and check it out. Yeah. Like I said, I'll probably read everything that Jeff Lemire does, uh, you know, from now until the end of time. Uh, but maybe when he finishes it, because like this didn't hook me, and maybe like the trade would. But right now, eh, I'm not interested that much. Why don't um, do you want to go ahead and rate it? And yeah. then there's and then there's one other thing I want to talk about in the back of the book. Too. Go ahead, yeah. Okay, Blake, what would you rate it? Um, I would give it I would give it a four. 
I just I I don't know enough to know what's going on about it, but like that's why I'm giving it a four. If I'd read it, I all the way through, I probably would have given it. A, I'll just give it a five. I'll give it a five. I like Lemire enough. I'll give it a five. Um, that's cool. Um, I, I I really enjoyed reading it too. I love his art. I love his storytelling. I love his dialogue. For me, I think it 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 was probably a four. Um. Without, I think, without the hook, um, something that to, you know, to really kind of uh, draw you in more. Right. Uh, it probably, as, as a single issue, wasn't as strong. Yeah. Um, of course, that may change if I go back and read and I get more more foundation with these specific care these three characters yeah agree um it could, it could go higher that's that's why i'm giving it a five it's issue eight there we go uh it's enough to pull me in so i'm definitely going to give it a five uh i'll give it a three I'll, like i said i'll probably read the trades uh nothing really hooked me in this issue except for the art like come on it's jeff lemire it's labeled as fantasy <laughs> okay fantasy yeah, okay that's what it's labeled as uh it's a five yeah. cool so yeah, one of the things before we go on um, to the, to the rest of the show that I wanted to spend a little bit of time with on this issue was that you guys read this thing in mm-hmm. the back right about Secret yeah, Path. Absolutely, um, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but apparently this is something I I didn't know. Um, Jeff Lemire some time ago did a project with I, I guess he's a musician named Gord Downey, Canadian musician who is a yeah he's Passed a Canadian. Away recently. And he had um, he had cancer, and I get and uh, Lemire and and Gordani were were really good friends. They had met I don't know somehow through this project I think. Um, but there's this this uh, book out there that Lemire did uh, called The Secret Path, uh, and he did it with Gord Downey. Um, and I think that there's. Uh, and somehow there, there's there's like an animation that Gord yes. did the the music for mm-hmm. and stuff. And you can buy um, the soundtrack as well. Right. Um, this is something I, I haven't gone uh, gotten able to go and check this out yet, um, but I definitely want to. And if any of you guys out there, uh, because and this also they with them both being Canadians, he tells this story. The Secret Path is about a story about an indigenous boy. Um, uh, well, an indigenous Canadian who, I guess, back in the what 1800s, they were like taking all of the indigenous uh, kids kids from their homes mm-hmm. and putting them in uh, basically boarding schools, like um, Christian boarding schools, to to basically um, uh, forcefully assimilate. Yeah, assimilate them uh, into. Uh, modern canadian culture which was fascinating anyway all the proceeds from this project that uh jeff and uh gord downey did go to um all go to indigenous uh charities in in canada so anyway if you want to check this out um i plan to uh it's uh www.cbc.ca slash arts slash secret path and i just wanted to plug it plug it yeah you would think he would have a bitly but yeah anyway do those expire johnny i don't even know what bitly is <laughs> the bit.ly 
you know. Just pitch the next book. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I think it's... Batter up. Uh, Marvel. Or no, wait, that's not you. That's Blake. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, Johnny. No, it's okay. It's okay. Sorry, Blake. Uh, no, it's it's okay. Johnny, what's a bitly? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, the next book we're reviewing God. is The Despicable Deadpool. Guess what? This issue, Cable dies. Spoilers! It's I'm sorry, cover. Johnny. It is on the cover. And it says Deadpool kills Cable at the top. Yes. Well, okay, so there's two spoilers. Yes. All what right. number is it? It is... Why are you doing this to me? It's number 290. That number That's a nine. Somehow. That no, the number doesn't matter. Oh, my God. Are you guys going to do this every week? Yeah. Like, well, come on. We have it to. does. Ugh. We're fighting for comic rights, okay? <laughs> Johnny, I don't we're going to talk about bitlies, have a strong conversation about bitlies later. Anyways... So the best way to piss, uh, piss? pitch, <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but it's I stand up. We've we've been uh, drinking a lot of water, <laughs> which was it's cute. True. It's only because H2O. yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you refilled your water bottle, you stared at me and it sounded like you were peeing, and then you just smiled at me. Thanks for that. <laughs> While Roger was trying to be heartfelt, no less. Jeez. You bring it uh, every time you're here. The mischief no, comes the out. The listeners are gonna know. Okay, fine. Go you're ahead. The, they can hear it. There's microphones. Absolutely. <laughs> He's the devil. Anyways. This issue. Oh, oh, that is the pot calling the kettle black. All right. This this issue <laughs> of the Despicable Deadpool is about Deadpool what? and Cable being despicable, going on a chronotastic adventure. You coined that phrase. Chronastic. Chronastic. I thought you said chronotastic. Uh, no. Chronastic. Yeah, I put them okay, together. Chronastic sounds like something that. Uh, and I say chronastic road trip. Okay, chronastic road trip to kill. Cable, but not the cable that you think it is. It's, it's cable the future cable from the future. Yeah. A possible future. I've never read this series before, so I had no idea what was going on. But like a Marvel book, it caught you up immediately. Um, yeah. So, Roger, what are your thoughts? Hmm. Wait. Okay. So, can I go first, or do you? Want, yeah. Do no. Have, go ahead. Okay. So let me let me first off state there's nothing really wrong with this. Who wrote it? Jerry yeah. Duggan. Who wrote it? Jerry Duggan. And Who's Art Dugan? What about the? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, the art is by. Oh, don't make me pronounce that name. <laughs> oh, I thought it, I thought he was gonna have a, a long Scott first name. Koblish? Scott Koblish. <laughs> I don't know why, but I thought he was gonna have like a long. I thought, yeah, that's that's German. Sure. Sure. Um, it sounds German, right? I don't know. It could be. I think who did the letters? Standard. Who did the art? I mean, who did the coloring of it? Why do you make me pitch these books? All right. All right. <laughs> Anyway, Jonathan. Okay, so there's nothing really wrong with this book. There's nothing really great about this book, okay? with De When it comes to Deadpool, I have a metric that I grade everything off of, and it's based off of three different things, okay? okay. First of all, the original Cable and Deadpool run by Fabian Nicieza. I think that's how you say his last Nicieza. name. How is it? Nicieza. Nicieza? C. Okay. Is that? Are you trolling me, or is no, that no, for no, real? No, that's no. Okay. <laughs> that's for real. Okay, cool, because... I'm Is white. he Hispanic? Uh, it's a Hispanic last name. Okay. But he could so, be Swedish. Probably. <laughs> Spanish. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah. No, I agree. Fabian, that was a great That was a great. And he's a co-creator of Deadpool. So I think, obviously, him above all people is going to get Deadpool and the humor and what he wants for that character. So that's three volumes, and I, I own those three volumes, and I think it's one of the best, like... If ever there was an odd couple of comics, it is Cable and Deadpool. And right. he plays on that through that entire run. It's fantastic. And it's not just really stupid fart jokes. They're there, but he gets really creative and smart with some of the humor in that series, too. So I really appreciate 
the creator doing that run. Okay. That's one. That's one. The second is Daniel Way's run. He had a 60-plus issue run, I think 2010, 2011 is when it started. And from start to finish, Daniel Way's run, he took a whole new spin on it. He's the one that did, like, the three personality boxes, Deadpool talking to him. Like, that was a really... I loved what he did with that. That was a really great take. Once again, the dumb jokes were there, but then there was a lot of really smart humor in it, in it as well. With with all the punching and the the shooting and Deadpool getting blown up and getting put back together and stuff like that. The third is Rick Remender's really dark, twisted <laughs> X Force Deadpool, yeah. mm-hmm. um, talking to the teddy bear, just creepy, weird stuff. Just creepy and, Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, but like done, not done. Like how Cullen Bunn tried to take it creepy and make it just meh. Mm-hmm. Rick Remender had just the right amount of like dark humor and creepy and stuff like that to mix in. So those are my metrics for Deadpool. And he had the right artists too. Yes. And all three, all the artists on all of those were fantastic. Beautiful book, man. Beautiful. When it comes to Deadpool, that's what I measure every series and writer up to. There's nothing wrong with Jerry Duggan. I, he just, it's just fart jokes and locker room kind of like humor and and whatnot. Uh, not, I shouldn't say it's really locker room here. It's just there's a lot of just kind of that silly humor with Deadpool. Like he goes for all the quips and the one-liners, and I don't feel that there's the amount of substance that those other three runs actually added to Deadpool to make him um, more than just this one-note character. Right, okay. and the situational comedy, like this, him putting the yes the subway worker's arm back in the in the drum yeah okay so he he yeah. killed he really yeah. did kill a subway worker yeah i, I don't know how to feel about that <laughs> well, deadpool kills people deadpool is the most morally ambiguous character in the Marvel so there's universe. been runs where he just kills people just for the sake of killing people not because there was uh, a collective you're like, led dead on their to head. believe i didn't oh, even okay. notice that arm i'm well, like again, oh my I god he said transit worker yeah right? and it was set up it was in the panel before too yeah, so. yeah correct it. me if i'm wrong did he break the fourth wall mm-hmm. what part when they when they found the the older version of Cable that they had to kill, uh-huh. he's like, "It's old man Cable. It's like you guys don't have any other ideas." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, which is pretty funny. I missed that. That was I like that. Uh, I'll hand it to Duggan or Dugan, whatever. That's a pretty funny. What like, are we jab. out of ideas over here? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, you're right. I've I think I've only uh, like really loved. Uh, you said it was Daniel Way's Deadpool. Uh, with like the different colored boxes. Yeah, the yellow yeah. box, the white that box. That was awesome. Because there's a lot of humor that you get out mm-hmm. of that, and it kind of shows like how kooky Deadpool's right. thoughts are. One of them is like thing. kooky, and one of them is like really very kind of deadpan, right? And serious, yeah. like everything sucks. You're going to die. You know, like <laughs> like the the interplay that he had with that through that run was brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I. Even though I love that run and this isn't that run, uh, I still found it enjoyable. You yeah, know? there's no like I said, there's nothing right. wrong with this. It, it's like I think the most that we can say about it, it's not bad. It's it's pretty good. It's a yeah. good Deadpool. It's like better than what we had in uh, Illustrated or Kills the Marvel Universe or. Exactly. I never want to read another Colin or, Bunn Deadpool again. Did Deadpool versus Carnage ever come out? Do you I know if you say know. Colin Bunn's three names in a mirror, he shows up. What? That was a Candyman reference. You should have gotten that. You What's Candyman? Like you've been drinking. What? How did they slur that together? <laughs> it didn't make any sense, Blake. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you know what Candyman is? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's also like that Bloody Mary legend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's maybe where we should like try it. And summon Cullen Bunn and be like, "Listen, stop." <laughs> Write better comics. What character yeah. do you want me to ruin? Ah! <laughs> Do your own thing. 
What's your favorite Deadpool line in, in this issue? I you think it was the old man. man. I like the table. I like the Gramps were here for your turn down service in Sponge Bath. I, I like that <laughs> one. That's that that pretty good. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is it where he breaks the fourth wall? I'm, I'm still trying to find it's, it. It's it's somewhere around here when he, the, he's like it's old man Cable. Or no, it's that? way back. It's it's is way it? back. Kind of like when they're getting the ready to go meet him. Yeah. Uh, it's when he's on the phone. Is it? Oh, when he's on the phone? I see. Yeah. I see. I have no memory apparently. Okay. It's like OMG, you sound more rough, uh, like. Uh, Gruffer and more That's yeah. that was a great line though. That yeah. was a great line. But once again, it's a comic full of like funny one-liners. There's I, n- there's still not a ton of there's substance. no substance. But like like I said, it's, it's fast so food. Fun. You enjoy yeah. eating it. Yeah. You know. I probably I probably would read a trade of this maybe like once every eighteen months. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? said some interesting months. stuff with strife. I don't you know. know. That like is that, true. That, that, it didn't really come through in mm-hmm. here, but you're going to have, you know, uh, Deadpool and Cable trying to pull one over on Strife and get, you know, Cable trying to figure out what Strife is up to, um, which, I mean, he basically already knows that there's only one reason, and that's that he's trying to get back in the cloning game. Right. Um, yeah, you know, it was interesting. I did. I, it's not, it's not, uh, I've been, I've been on a, a, a pretty good, good streak with marvel books lately i've read i mean they've had some great ones um and this one was good and i would i would stop there right uh you know i did like the part where like the old cable is like i'm not gonna die i'm gonna see like the white flash of the dying sun and deadpool <laughs> just kills bam him. oh okay you know he's like what he wanted to see it oh um white hot light in in his face before he dies <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's you know like it's it's fun it's good it's not the best Deadpool I've ever read but uh, I think for Deadpool fans they uh, probably would enjoy this like? and also uh, alright well also the uh, cover to the next issue is awesome it's a Snapchat filter yes okay notice right. notice in the corner Johnny what does that look like to you that, that he's holding one of the other cables is holding two of uh, those are the um, like the the brood crude. What are uh, they called? Oh, I thought it was supposed to be like a xenomorph reference. No, no, um, they're like brood. from Alien. Oh, from uh, Starcraft. No, they're called the brood. Yeah. Oh, in, in actual the Marvel, Marvel universe, universe. Yeah. that shows you how, right? how long it's been since I've yeah read Marvel. Isn't like Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay, well, see, I didn't know right. that was. Yeah, it's been a while since I've read Marvel. My bad. Race. Well, in the panel right before that, he's got a bombshell sticker. Yeah. On his on his metal arm, yeah. which is like there's like little. Uh, I re- I enjoy the art. There's um there's a lot of like little uh, things in the background. Like uh, I didn't even notice, but I uh, should have been paying more attention. You know about the arm type of thing. Like oh that's the visual gags. Yeah, that, that's really funny. Um, it, it's fun. Uh, and it's fun for Deadpool fans. Was the Clint Eastwood reference kind of like referencing Josh Brolin? How he kind of has that gruff voice. Was that what that was supposed to be a reference to? I don't know. Who Clint know. Eastwood oh, is reference Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Well, because he said how you sound more like Clint Eastwoody. I don't know who that is. Grizzlier oh, okay. and more Clint Eastwood. Josh Brolin is the guy who's going to play Cable. Yeah, no, I'm saying Clint Eastwood. <laughs> what? Have oh you ever God. seen a Western ever? The no. good, the bad, the ugly. How do, we old don't have do time you for think this, I okay. am? Dude, I'm not that old either, but my dad had him on all the time. If it's a Western, it's Dirty either John Harry. Wayne or Clint Eastwood. I was raised in Mexico. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Brolin sounds that much like Eastwood. He, I mean, he's got more of a gruffier voice, but no, he doesn't sound exactly like Eastwood. He's got a cool voice though. He's like he's definitely taken on the older did like. You just, I'm sorry. Did you just say Tooken? 
Did I say Tuggin? I think you said He's taken. No, I told you I was from public school, so okay. this is the way I talk. Okay? It's like the third taken or the fourth Listen, taken. Listen, bud, three. I'm from the streets. I'm real. <laughs> I'm not going to make my words better for you, okay? You're not changing me. I wouldn't me. expect you to. You're not changing me. Okay? I love you just the way you are. If when we get closer to Infinity War, if there's going to be a Deadpool issue with Cable and Thanos, then like <laughs> there might be a joke somewhere. They in can there, make a reference. Oh, like they've that. done that before. <laughs> so as a matter of fact, oops, sorry. I think it was I think it was Thanos that like really like kicked uh, Deadpool's healing factor into overdrive, so he couldn't die because he was looking to die. I think he had like the Infinity Gauntlet, and Deadpool pissed him off a or something. Ago, I don't know. Yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> I'm probably muddying that with some other storyline because I don't remember stuff. Let's rate it, Blake. Um, I'm gonna give it, and I'm gonna say three. I'm gonna say three. Three stars for me. Three and a half. I enjoyed it. And I'm at three also. All right, so what would you guys rather have reviewed and in place of what? Um, Mr. Miracle, right? Oh, Mr. Mr. Miracle. Miracle. Yeah. Uh, uh. I will take your other suggestion, which was Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. But that story arc with Zod. Oh, it starts next week. It starts in January. It starts in January? I got to yeah. wait that long? Yeah, three weeks. I still. It's called Zod's Will. That's the name uh. of the <laughs> that's so then dumb. I will I will say Mr. Miracle. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and Rafa Sandoval's back on art. So it's going to so be good. so good for And D.D. Sandoval's one of yeah. the best teams. Come on. So uh, She-Hulk for Marvel, and I've heard some good things about this indie book called Coyotes from Image Comic. I think Coyotes number two just came out this week. Sweet. I would say Amazing Spider-Man for yeah. my Marvel, just because see how they're handling. It's the Venom Wars, right? Uh, the Venom Incorporated. Venom Inc. Okay. Yeah. Have you read it yet? No, but I've seen reviews and everyone's raving how this is a really good story arc. Are you gonna get the singles on this one, or are you gonna wait? Yeah. I might get the trade. Well, <laughs> I don't yeah. Have the singles. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna wait. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I read the um, the Alpha issue. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like no one's saying it's bad. Everyone is either good or great. So. Roger, trivia time. Finish uh, Yeah, in case you guys haven't figured, I'm really tired this week. Um, okay, <laughs> let, let's go ahead and get last week out of the way. The The question we uh, posed last week was, what is the name of Doctor Strange's house? Huh. Take it to the house. Sanctum Santorum? Sanctum yes, sir. Santorum. Oh, okay. Um, Could have done that from the movie. Had a lot of responses. Everybody got it right. The winner of the trade paperback last week, which is Dark Avengers, um, Frank Candelero. All right. And Congrats, Frank. Yeah. I, I think he's won before. I think so. I think so. Last, last week, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Last week, I think I accused Ian of being a first-time winner, and he yep. came, He was like, yeah, I've won like three times. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Oh, right. That's okay. before we no, changed oh, the no, format. No, no, Ian stopped sending them in. That's why he's right. It was a it was a break. Okay. It was yeah. a break. Yeah, yeah. We changed the format. Um, I know it used to be everybody got so tired of winning that they stopped. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't want these books. so now there's actually there's actually so a chance winning. that you won't. Um, and I'm, I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure first time winner. Um, and I think from North Carolina comics go to Clay Privet. Hey. So congratulations, congratulations congratulations Clay. Clay. Yeah, Clay. Um, and congratulations Frank. Uh, we'll get those books out to you soon. Clay, I think I need your address, so I'll hit you up for that. Um, all right, so now trivia for this week. Um, for you guys, 
Let's see, I got to decide what I want the <laughs> listener question to be. If it's anything DC related, you know Jonathan has it. Um, <laughs> not right, well, always. I'll, I'll, not get, always. I'll get this out of the way since we already referred to it earlier. What's uh, Booster Gold's real name? Michael John Carter. That was not the 1% of the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was, God, that was way, <laughs> way too easy. What century is he from? 29th. No. Oh, um, what? what? He's not from the 29th century. 7th? Did you say 29? Yeah. yeah it's no. 31st. 27th. No, because no. that's the that's the Legion. God. He's never mind. Be, he's before the Legion. Yeah, he's before the Legion. 13. Is it 27? No. Nope. I said 27. How am I screwing? Lower. 26th? 24th? 25th. <laughs> How did I miss that? Oh, my God. You're getting oh, old, man. I'm going to go and cut wrong. my wrists. Unless, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you, you might want to double check me. I might, be, I might just be like. That makes sense because 52. 25, 52. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. I mean, the 52nd century hasn't happened okay. yet. DC loves those two numbers. They had to use it. Who is he created by? Dan Jurgens. I'm asking you questions that you already answered like an hour ago. <laughs> I got Seriously. one. Who made him cool again? Jeff Johns. All right. I don't think Wait, that's true. silence. <laughs> yep. Um, Jeff Johns. What's his uh, What's his security robot's name? Skeets. Oh my! <laughs> this, is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like a millisecond. I I, well, I should Skeets. ask him a question that he doesn't Yay. know, but I need this, I need a listener question too. This is now called the Jonathan Cote Power Hour. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I told you this is this whole issue was twelve year old me. Uh, man, I, this this sucks. Do you want me to not answer the next one? I was gonna say no. I probably can't say it on the podcast. Never mind. Don't say it. Hmm. All right. Um, all right. I'm gonna save that as a listener question because I think I'm gonna try and stump you. Okay. okay. What was his Original superhero name, Superman. I, Not Booster I did, Gold. I was gonna, I was gonna do this as listener question, oh. but I want to stump you so bad. Oh, I know it. Wait, I so do know it. His, I, was, a Booster and it's yeah. also it, but it's tied into yeah, his superhero name. Yeah, I didn't know it was. was um, there was something. Uh, I oh. do know. I do know this. It's, um, it's gold something. I remember it was gold Finger. something. No, it's not <laughs> gold finger. Gold beetle. <laughs> a gold beetle. Superman. It was something oh. like, like the gold wing or something like that. It yeah. was something, but it's it has gold in the title, correct? It's true. The gold glider. The golden glider. That's no. a rogue. <sighs> golden. Gold star. Gold star. God, I. Uh, you didn't get a gold okay. star for that. Nope. Yeah. Take that one away. So how how did he get the name Booster Gold? Is we'll do this in question? phases. Why is Booster part of his name? That's the listener question? No. Oh. No, I'm just... Because <laughs> he needed to boost his sales? <laughs> Superman threw him in the air. He boosted no. Him. Oh, okay, I see where you're going with that, Matt. I, all right. Boost? Yeah. I don't know if I ever learned I, I just why. all found this stuff out like an hour ago. So. <gasps> Sacrilege. That was he was the quarterback of his high school team, and that was his nickname. Booster. They got boosted. Him. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, and he got on his first mi- on his I first mission coming back to Johnny. You look confused. Oh, it says uh, during during Booster Gold's career, his sister they talk about it in the Carter issue. was Gold Star. They talk about it in, in this issue when uh, he's talking to. Um, okay, but that was his first Ken. name. Anyway, mm-hmm. so his first mission coming back, he uh, saved. President Reagan, mm-hmm. 
and during a press conference, uh, press press conference, yeah, um, President Reagan asked him, you know, what his name was, and he accidentally said Booster, and then tried to correct himself by saying Gold Star, and President Reagan Booster said Gold. Booster Gold. So anyway, all right. So now um, on to the the uh, listener. listener question. All right. If you know the answer to the following question, send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com, and you could win uh, the comics or the graphic novel from this week. I want to know what super team did Booster Gold found? Not what team was he on, but what super team did he actually found, create? The Gorgonites. (laughs) All right, small soldier. (laughs) Thank you for getting that reference. Know the answer to that question. Oh, give me a team that he was on while you're Justice League International. And Justice League America. And Justice League. And all the Justice Blue and Gold. Extreme Justice. Extreme Justice. Whatever that was. Where that they was murdered anyway, people. He did not, <laughs> they were not heroes. He did not create nope. any of those teams, but he did create a team. If you know the answer to that question, uh, and can Google it. Um, send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Look forward to uh, your replies and giving away some more books. I don't know about yeah. you guys, but I really want to try Booster Ruse, which is his official cereal. Right. I heard that's what it does to you in the bathroom. Okay. The only way that extreme team could get around is by using parkour, too. Absolutely. That, <laughs> that would work. I would read that book. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are we doing? I think we're talking about uh, a book. Trade. A trade. Called, who's pitching it? Is it Johnny, Johnny. Morales, the exclusive JM? It's a book he actually likes, too. Yeah. I was surprised. I'm always surprised when you like something. <laughs> it's like Santa Claus taking one of his own toys. You're not supposed to do that. God. Come on. Pitch the book. <laughs> the look on your face, Johnny. Just go. Just go. Just You have to accept this. This is how it is every time he's on. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Morales is about to murder me. <laughs> With parkour. With parkour. <laughs> we read it's Batman, The Court of Owls. Um, Batman had heard the tales of Gotham City's Court of Owls meeting in the shadows and using the nocturnal bird of prey as their calling card. The members of this powerful cabal are the true rulers of Gotham, but the Dark Knight dismisses the stories as rumors and old wives' tales. Gotham was his city until now. A brutal assassin is sinking his razor-sharp talons into the city's best and brightest, as well as its most dangerous and deadly. If the Dark Legends are true, his masters are more powerful predators than the Batman could ever imagine, and their nests are everywhere. That was a near perfect pitch. Thank you. Pour I came up with uh, <laughs> I came up with that on the spot. Okay. By reading it off, off the, the train. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with it right now just by looking at the back of the book. Yeah. It just came to me. Blake, why'd you pick this book? Uh, you mean why did you say <laughs> this book? This is a great book. This is probably this is one book. of the most reread Batman stories. Well, we should tell the story. We were talking about it. We were talking about it. Well, no, because Roger was like 
uh, you need to tell Blake to hurry up and pick a book because it was yeah. left blank for a while. We were hanging out. We, we were, were talking out, about it in the car. And, and I believe the night before, I was like, it's like I we're was going saying, out. We're a couple. All right. So <laughs> we were at like Target or something like that, right? Like Holding what are we hands. Doing at Target? Yeah. yeah. We'd met up at Target. Yeah. like Ikea going furniture shopping. Yeah. No, we haven't gone. No, we're not picking drapes yet. Anyways, <laughs> we, were, we were in the Target parking lot. I think I was dropping you back off at your car and we'd just eaten, right? And um, I think the day before I had mentioned books that I had reread so much because we were talking about Watchmen. I yeah. said Watchmen and then Court of Owls. And yep. then you suggested, why don't we do the whole run of Court of Owls? Well, because at first I was just like, I should make you do a Superman story since it's right after my birthday. And, and I, I was it. cool with that. And then I was like, oh, I'm sur-. And I said to you, I'm surprised you haven't been like, oh my God, Court of Owls, because I know it's a major story for you. Yeah. I like the story a lot also. Everybody but knows. it was just one of those yeah. things where I was like, how did you miss this? And then after I said that, your eyes got like this big. Like and owls? Like, oh my god! Yeah. Like owls. And you're like, we have to yeah. do Court of Owls. And, and I, I looked like, at you and I said, okay. who do you think you are? <laughs> I hate myself. Why you did you should. pay me 20 bucks to say that? I didn't. Now you, everyone you knows. You just did that on your own. The other one I suggested was... What? You're not a good friend. I just, you can get all the <laughs> trivia questions, but you can't answer one question about when we were hanging out. No. Sinestro War. Oh, I was going to say right. Sinestro War, but then you I brought up Court of Owls. Sinestro War would have been good. I didn't think... Roger was going to let us do, because you said, well, let's do the whole run of the court. And that's a lot to read. So that's I didn't. 11 issues. I didn't think so that he was going to let us. 12, hard technically. Hard to find and trade. Yeah. Is, is it only in like absolute and hardcover yeah, right now? I hunted down both parts of the trade. It was yeah. a mission. How, how, it's like what, around like 300 pages or something like that? I think it was like. Two trades. Okay. Yeah. So. 12 issues. Yeah, it was 12 issues. Like 12 issues. Anyway. Yeah. So now tell us about why you love the Court of Owls. Do you. I'll go first. Okay, uh, <laughs> that was directed towards you. You picked the book. If you're if you're a Batman fan, this story bleeds Batman. It bleeds Gotham. It bleeds everything that is cool about Batman. Now, what's cool and unique about this story is that Batman has a boogeyman, and he's scary, and he'll cut off your head and murder you. He'll send a talon for your head. He'll send a talon for your head. It's Extreme. terrifying, right? This is like the. When you're when you're reading this the whole time, you're like, this sounds like some bedtime story that like a terrible stepfather would read to his kid so he could get him to go to bed with nightmares. <laughs> like, a lullaby in there, it's a, there? there is a lullaby, <laughs> which I think Jonathan should read because oh. it's on the back of the Absolute Edition that you got me for Christmas. Oh, you're welcome. I know. I was gonna bring my signed one in to hold next to it, but <laughs> can you t- tell them what what Scott Snyder wrote on it? Uh, That's really cool. I I had my Absolute Edition signed by Scott Snyder and uh, Greg Capullo and. Scott Snyder signed in the inside cover uh, to Jonathan, beware the court, Scott Snyder. Yeah. So it cool. says, beware the court of owls that watches all the time, running from Goth- or ruling Gotham from, sha- from a shadowed perch behind granite and lime. They watch you at your hearth. They watch you in your bed. Speak not a whispered word of them, or they'll send the talon for your head. Ouch. And then dads would read that to their kids. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Screaming them to sleep. Well, before we go any further, we want to point out, uh, written by Scott Snyder. Yep. Yes. Art by Greg Capullo. Yep. Beautiful. You signed your book. Dream Team, right there. Oh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Roger. Well, there's not much to say. It's a great book. I yeah, I I love the story. This is the first time I've actually read all the way through it. Uh, okay. Because I know I'd read, I think, the first two issues. Did your opinion then, change of it at all? Um. No, I still well, yes and no. Okay. Yeah, yes, it's a great story. I loved I love after having started reading metal, I love the reference to Electrum mm-hmm. in there. 
after having read Gates of Gotham, uh, which I absolutely loved. I loved uh, Snyder going back and doing more of the lore of Gotham. I mean, I think it 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 really comes through that that Snyder uh, has spent a lot of time, you know, thinking about Gotham, being an architect um, for yeah. Gotham. I mean, it's you know, I I loved all of that. Um, I loved that it was dark, you know. Uh, I love Batman having a boogeyman. Yes. Um, and still being like very much a mystery at yeah. its core. You get to see Batman yeah. being a detective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, technically, yeah, whoever wins this book next week, it's only going to be volume one. Yeah. But I know we, we were going to talk about um, the second volume, too, which in- includes kind of the finale to this story. And that was the only problem that I'd ever had with this book um, was how open-ended Scott Snyder left the story at the end that you, um, you didn't get any, you, you didn't get any or much resolution. No, uh, Batman still refused to believe something. We'll, we'll probably spoil it later. I mean, it's been around for who a long Lincoln time. March really was right. Lincoln March, uh, is the, a prominent character in this. He's tied to the court of owls. And I think that's about where we'll leave it. Yeah, unless we really want to. Spoil I think that's it. good I, for anybody who hasn't read this story. There's enough. It's it's like with Hush. You don't want to know. Yeah. You don't want to tell who Hush is. I think in this, you don't want to really go in into depth about Lincoln March and yeah. and his role in the story. I just think that you know, for me, I would have rather have Snyder made. I, I think he would have left a definitive mark on. Bat, the Batman universe if he had taken a stand yeah on you know and and, and uh, on the character of Lincoln March um but he didn't he left that either for himself later or others to yeah. do much like hush you get introduced to a character like in the beginning and oh it turns out to be a bad the bad guy you know um and also he Spoilers. went he went back to um it's fine i don't care uh he went back to uh Savage. what's his name lincoln march right yep uh in batman eternal and okay it wasn't good yeah it was mm-hmm. not it was actually bad it was half baked it was very bad and like knowing where this story leads into batman eternal i'm like oh, that's disappointing but this story as a whole, like that's what we're reviewing. Just this story, it's it's good, it's decent. I like you said, I don't like how it, he leaves it open ended at the end. I kind of, part of me kind of really likes that because it kind of gets you questioning everything from Bruce's perspective. Like, but it's also kind of like a cop out. Like, is it though? It is because I mean, Dude, you don't get any it, definitive of like, oh, is this who he says he was, or oh, is this like what's going to happen from next? Bruce's perspective? It's 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 pretty cut and dry for him mm-hmm. but from as a reader i think there's there's a lot of clues that are still there that lead you to believe like man it could be yeah but the you thing know? is it doesn't get followed up on uh scott snyder's run at all so like there's no right there's no point in it uh in leaving it open-ended uh because he doesn't follow up on it he he follows up on it on a weekly series that comes out uh what like when issue 20 was coming out of batman like at least a, a year uh, after this came out, uh, and it's not a good story. Like uh, to me, it, it, he left it open ended, and then he closed it in like the worst way. Um, and he he 
the, is that resolved? I, I think I in Batman know. Eternal. I think so. I don't remember. It but was bad. To be no. fair, Snyder and Tinian wrote uh, t- uh, Batman Eternal, and that was weekly, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. Snyder, I don't think Snyder was scripted, and he just kind of plotted points, and Tinian wrote most okay. of Okay. Yeah. Kind of like in Gates of Gotham, where Kyle Higgins wrote the dialogue, and he just laid out the story. Yeah. Right. The, the, my big thing with weekly books is they they need to not do that very often. That's a yeah. chore, especially yeah. as a reader. Like you're yeah. like, oh my, like it's great getting a lot of story all at once. But if it's a year. Right. Yeah. And like for people that have limited pulls, like that's four books, you know, that's four costly. of your books. $2.99 for 50 <coughs> weeks. Yeah. 52. And then sometimes it'll push people who can be good writers like Brian Hitch. You know, he got caught up with Justice League every two weeks, you know. Yeah. But anyway. yeah, with a story like that, that's that's a lot of uh, story coming out each week. One of the one of the other things that I loved about this is that this was one of the more detective yeah. comics mm-hmm. that Absolutely. Snyder has written. Um, a, a lot of his other his other Batman's. There's not, I don't, I don't, I don't get as much of the detective feel, mm-hmm. and in this one, you know, he is um all the all the way through the story. Even though there's there's evidence there that he doesn't want to believe, that he mm-hmm. refuses to believe. Um, he's always, you know, the 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 wheels in his mind are always turning, you know, trying to, trying to figure stuff out, trying to make sense of it. I love, um, I also love, um, you know, we talk about, uh, Jeff Lemire's ability to be really creative with the storytelling and, and Scott Snyder showed, uh, his adeptness for that too, a couple times in this story where there's the one where you, where Batman's been poisoned, um, in the labyrinth, the yeah, in the labyrinth, and, and you have to and turn he's the kind issue, of losing his mind, and you have to turn the issue, mm-hmm. uh, the the comic around or the book to to read it, and and you kind of get, you know, it 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 conveys this sense of vertigo mm-hmm. that yes. that Batman is feeling, yeah, and but, which yeah. is really cool. Um, I, I you know I I really like that, I respect that a lot. It's it's thinking outside the box and and how to to convey messages to the reader if you read it digitally it's a pain to do it because yeah. <laughs> yeah. i would have to read it digitally when i was like at work and i believe on. scott yeah, right scott or greg capullo said they intentionally did that because they knew when they were going to put it on on digital that it would be a pain for people to read it digitally because <laughs> i think they're, they're more about print yeah. so i i don't know i thought that was funny well uh what i really like about um like these two arcs in particular uh, is that Scott Snyder kind of breaks down Batman. Like he, it's, he's not bad God in this, you know, he's, he's making mistakes and he doesn't uh, know who really to trust, especially since like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> someone's hungry. Yeah. Um, you know, like the, the he knows nothing about the Court of Owls, so like they're kind of catching him off guard. And it's not that he doesn't know n- nothing about them. And it, well, yeah, right, because up. he goes through the thing yeah. where, where where Bruce talks about I do have experience with the court, right? And but that's the thing, you know, it's still it's what you know, a, a, an 11, 12 year old Bruce, yeah, investigating. I mean, he's got to understand it was nevertheless still from a kid's perspective yeah. that he was going through that stuff. Very minimal. Um, and it, but it, but it played well. I mean, because look, even as a kid, he was convinced that he had found, you know, the, the owl's lair, mm-hmm. you know, cause he wanted, he wanted somebody to blame for the death of his parents. He Closure. Wanted, like it would actually give his parents death more meaning if, if there was some grand, you know, 
plot against them. You know, if it was that it wasn't just some random accident. And so and, and I thought that was really beautiful how, how Snyder laid that out, that, uh, you know, Bruce's um, need to have his parents death have meaning lead him on this search for the court. And I, so I thought, I mean, that was that was a beautiful way to, to kind of lay this foundation of the court being around, you know, during his youth. But then, you know, um, even long before that, too. So, yeah, I thought that was great. One of the other things I love that is Scott Snyder, you know, with creating the court, it wasn't just a singular villain. I mean, we do get a singular villain in this. It's not a throwaway villain. But it's not a throwaway villain because you can the court is so large and expansive and it can be anybody, any of the high, you know, you know, brow families of Gotham can be in the court. And I love that mythos of them being everywhere and that, that the Wayne buildings all have these, f- like, in-between floors. Between yeah. There's, like, a fake 13, basically, in between 12 and 14. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a half floor, and that's where all their hideouts are and stuff like that. I love all of that stuff, that you have this gigantic organization that, you know, has a labyrinth beneath Gotham and, and all that stuff. That was super cool. And then how stylized the talons are when they resurrect the talons to come and do their job like the that that being the boogeyman kind of thing i i love the heck out of that i love the designs that capullo came up with for each of those yeah that's what scott snyder did is he made gotham just as much a character as batman in this yes you know what i mean also i think too the fact that how deep blake one of the main (laughs) story points of the court of owls isn't even about batman it's about dick and so, like, how that ties in. Yeah. Like, the gray so son. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The gray son of Gotham. Uh, yep. Scott Snyder loves to explain mundane things and then uh, uh, put them in his stories, like, uh, later on in the issue. Like, he explains the 13 gargoyles. Uh, and then, you know. And he d- he does it well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he oh, does yeah. it well. But he does it in every one of his comics. Or how. I don't care. Like, in I'll the beginning. Yeah, I think, I think that's really cool. It, I mean, it's I, cool. I. Yeah. It's just I was see it, it was it the, the Gotham time. Gazette that he was saying the question is like what Gotham is yeah. and how he explained each yeah. villain like was a different like part of the city like mm-hmm. Two Face and Joker and everything and then that's how he ends the story and he's like Gotham is and then I thought that was cool how he brought that full circle yeah like circle. it's 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 very uh, cool but like after reading a bunch of Snyder stuff it's like oh it's in every one of his books that's <laughs> just how he fair, rolls been, I roll it with seems it. that he's been plotting what we're reading now yeah. since when 2010 yeah since he was doing this well no i mean like even in his even in his like ad after death like he explains something mundane and then it comes up up later in the issue Uh, the end game reference when he's in his study and there's that statue of one of the front covers of uh what was it batman looking like an archangel and then the joker looking like the devil like a serpent where is that in here um i'll i'll have to thumb through while you guys talk about it but i i saw it apparently yeah there's an end game reference to the cover of I think it was issue forty. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, one of those, and yeah. of yeah. at the end of Endgame where it's the Bat Angel like oh, harpooning the Joker, or spearing yeah. the 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 Joker the dragon. serpent dragon yeah. whatever. Yeah. Apparently they seeded that all the way back in this story arc as well. And I've read this story a lot, and that was the first time I saw that. I don't know what I was looking at the the panel wrong, and yeah, I saw that. We and should I was say like, that no this story way. is like gospel to you. Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't <laughs> wake up and pray to it every morning. I'm just saying, well, I mean, to me, it, it became argue, a Batman classic. Yeah, you could argue it's one of the best Batman stories. I've reread it so many times, and each time I read it, it's kind of like watching Fight Club or the first Matrix. You see little things that you didn't see before. Did you watch the Matrix, Johnny? 
I haven't seen any of he those. He shook his head right when mm. I said The Matrix. He was like, what? It's okay. <sighs> or Fight Club. Clint Eastwood, The Matrix. Well, I broke the first rule, so. Well, this is, look, Snyder, uh, I mean, this is a great, great story. It really is. But um, one of the things that makes it so great is that Scott Snyder did something that very few uh, writers have ever done, and that is especially after 75 years of Batman stories. Yeah. He completely uh revolutionized the the Batman universe with the introduction of the Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say much you know the much in the same way that that Jeff Johns uh, yeah so I was gonna say it's not a word Rebirth. <laughs> the the Green Lantern universe with the uh, the full spectrum and and everything mm-hmm. um, expanded the sandbox basically yeah. Um, which is really cool. So, you know, kudos to to Snyder for for being so creative. And then w- one complaint that I have is, so DC like what? started doing, uh, you know, the the artist series, designer series, whatever of all that like f- action figures based off of artists, and they have oh. a whole Capullo line. Mm-hmm. How come we never got like a Lincoln March? Yeah, I don't know. That should be a thing. We got the Thrasher suit. We got the Thrasher suit. We got which was really cool. We got yeah. We got the Mister Freeze, and we got um, the Talon. But we didn't get. And like, we should highlight that issue, the Mister Freeze issue with Fabok. Fabok. Yeah, Fabok on her. Wow. Fabok. You're like a grammar Nazi. It's beautiful. Yeah, I know. You're welcome. Man. Did we also get Bat uh, like Robot Bat Bunny? Yes, we oh, got okay. Rookie. Where Might be in the second one. It's probably in the second one when he's healing. Is that what you're talking about? Like he's in the wheelchair. Anyway, that's the second. What are you talking about the the annual? Uh, No, uh, well, yeah, we should talk about the annual, the Mister Freeze annual, because Mister Freeze is actually linked to the Court of Owls. The whole reason that they're able, because one of the things that the court has is these talons, and they're assassins that they essentially are dead, but not, and without being a zombie. You know, they're able to be, like, essentially put into, like, a crypt... uh, I guess stasis. Yeah, like a crypt... What's what's the word that I'm thinking of? Cryogenic. Cryogenic. Yeah, sorry, I got, like, stuck on that. Uh, Like a cryogenic sleep and able to be woken up later to go and do the deeds of the court. They're bidding. But a big part of how they were able to do that is the court stole Mr. Freeze's formula for this... Oh, Nora! (laughs) Or however he says it. Yeah. And, dude, that, that Mr. Freeze issue, that one hurt, man. I forgot about that one. You get to the end of that, and you're just like, you are messed up. Right. He also, it, that's like, that issue is like a retcon of his origin, I'm right? I'm fairly certain. Because, like, that implies that he's crazy. Yeah. I'm fairly certain Mr. Freeze in the past Nora. was always his wife. At least from the, at least the animated film, it was his wife, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it was. Or animated series. What, what, that's Heart of Ice, right? I think so. Okay, cool. But yeah, I always remember do you want to, while you're looking for that, do you want to just rate it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what I'm going to rate it. You know it's a five. I mean, Capullo's art, the way he designed the bats, as I, I just love his gauntlets. You know what I mean? And how Dude, he made them burly. His, and like his in suit the way looks that, like thick leather. In the way like that Jim leather. Lee added the tread to the yes. boots, like Capullo, like, yeah, the, the, the gloves and the gauntlets, the way they look like there's some heft to them. Absolutely. So, like uh, Batman Begins, like those ninja glove things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, I just yeah. like, I think Capullo said that he wanted him to look like, like an old, like 
burly boxer. Like he was just built to just take hits and everything like that. And the way the suit just is like a second skin, but it's just, it's thick. It's not technically armor. It looks more like, um, like, I don't know, something that if you're riding a bike or something like that, just Mm -hmm. somebody like fully suited up so he can still move and everything. Yeah. Yeah, Like that, you know what I mean? More. And it's more molded on versus like the plates. The plates are cool, but I like that he took his own spin on it. And that by the end of the series, how the suit, uh, looks by the end with the purple in the back Mm -hmm. that everyone who has taken it afterwards still does that design yeah like in honor of capullo in a way i always think of it that well, that's way the rebirth era right i like you that know. that they stuck with that you yeah, know what i mean as they should yeah cool. i'm giving it a five okay that's what i'm I was still looking for. for that panel but i'm giving it a five you're, you're just gonna have to show me later i know roger yeah well aside from my 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 i'm, I'm gonna call it a nitpick at the end i'm i'm actually okay with him leaving it open-ended i wish he would have you know because it just seems to me like it's a trend with snyder but as for this story um, and again, especially because we're, I'm technically, I'm just reviewing the first book. It's, it's five stars. Yeah. Johnny. Um, I have, like I said, I have a huge problem with the, the whole open-ended stuff. Um, but I don't think there's anything, anything wrong with this, um, series, uh, like issues one through 12. I think it's, it's an amazing, uh, story. I think it's like one of the first Batman stories I've read, um, Ever? <laughs> yeah. The look on Blake's face. We reviewed like half a dozen of them on the... You gotta remember, how old is Johnny? When did the story come out? J- J- Long after he I was born. I can't even... Yeah. yeah I, when I, did he start I, getting into comics? 2012. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Wait, this came out in 2011. Yeah. I know. That's exactly. my point. I was... Uh, I started with issue uh, 13. Yeah. And okay. went back. Wow, you started right after the conclusion. No, I know. And I went back... <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, this is one of my favorite Batman stories. So yeah, I can't like not give it a five. So Blake is so happy, right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Hey, look, I enjoyed something. Isn't that novel? I, yeah. It's like Lucifer saying he loves God now. Like it's amazing (laughs) right now. This is beautiful that this is happening. (laughs) Am I Satan to you? (laughs) No, it's a, or Buddha. If that's what other people believe in. It's a five for me also. Um, this was my introduction to Snyder. Um, coming into the new 52 oh, yeah, and, same. and I bought nope. Batman number one and I remember being like, this art's really good. There's a cliffhanger at the end of this issue. That's unlike all, a lot of the other issues I'm reading out of the new 52. I'm going to stay on this book for a while. And I got to the end of this and I was just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. So yeah. Well, and, and not only, not only is the story fantastic and the art's great, but I, th- I want to shout out to Capullo for the run of covers that he did. Oh, his, his run yeah. of covers yes. for this entire series are some of my favorite Batman covers ever. They're so I iconic. Mean, they're, they're yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love them. They're instantly recognizable. Yep. Uh, and I love them. I mentioned this to you before Capullo's favorite character to draw in the Batman universe is Jim Gordon. Makes sense. Yeah. Not, he said there's just something there's something about Jim Gordon that's just cool. That's why he adds a little more detail to him and everything. And like, you know, you see random people on the street and he'll do as much detail as he needs, but he takes extra care with Jim Gordon because he likes it because he's just an average guy. So I think that was probably one of the pushes for why he became Batman too because I know him and Scott are really good friends. You know yeah. what I mean? And I mean, he loves Jim Gordon. He's talked about it before. But I, that always tripped me out. I'm like, you draw this amazing Batman. Bruce is cool. His Nightwing's cool. Everyone that he does is cool. And then he's like, oh, I like Jim Gordon. Did mm. you notice the evolution of how he drew Bruce throughout this? The end Bruce 
looks a lot different than the beginning Bruce. Like, he cleaned up a lot. Like, and it's not to say anything was bad. Right. But, like, he definitely, you could tell he was, like, tweaking things as, like, he was going through this series. So Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on. No, you need to keep going and find that. Oh, okay. I'm going to find it by the end. Yeah. Um, Plus, that'll give you something to do while I do this. Okay. Um, Because you're a four-year-old. And I need you to be entertained. Okay. <laughs> Comics. Uh, so we're going to do some previews right now. Uh, let me make sure that that's what's next on the list. And it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Forgot for a moment. Uh, so for Marvel Comics next week, we have Ooh. Champions 15. We have Deadpool versus Old Man Logan, number three of five. Defenders, number eight. Hmm. Doctor Strange, number 383. Guardians of the Galaxy, number 149. Excuse me, in, uh, Incredible Hulk, number seven eleven, Marvel two and one, number one. Ooh. We're gonna review that. Is that what we're reviewing? Yeah. Is that Thing and Johnny Storm? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we might actually find out about the Fantastic Four. Maybe. Uh, Mighty Thor number seven oh two, Miss Marvel number twenty five, Old Man Logan number thirty two, Peter Parker Spectacular Spider Man number two ninety eight. Spider Gwen, number 27. Star Wars Doctor Afra, number 15. Star Wars Podamron, number 22. Tales of Suspense, number 100. Is that a one shot? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the one shot? It's that they're labeling it 100, and it's just a one just shot. One. Yeah. It's just so that they can throw that number out there. It's a continuation, um, dude. It's Marvel Legacy. I guess. No, no. They didn't end Tales of Suspense at 99. And it was, I, I'm not even sure, I, I don't know, I'm going to have to look at the back of that are, book to see how any, they account for that. Are any of the legacy numbers actually right? No. No. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I know. It's all, it's all Smoke fiction. Smoking mirrors. Yeah. yeah, numbers are dumb anyways. Who cares? Um, I care. I care. They um, should, honestly, they should just switch to months and years. That's it. That should fix everything. Yeah. Numbers are the music Johnny, of do the you, cosmos, Johnny. Do you hate math? I do. Mm. Well, Marvel that doesn't have it. Correct. Uh, anyway, Uncanny Avengers number 30, Venom number 159, X Men Gold number 18, X Men Grand Design number one of two. Huh. Yes. Okay, I'm just going to leave <laughs> Do you, I, Yeah, thank you. No, uh, I can't. I can't just leave it there. Marvel's trying. <laughs> Marvel's coming out with a two issue series whose goal is to make sense of the entire entirety of the X Men timeline. Oh, two and issues. What? A hundred pages? And yeah. <laughs> Are they double size? No, I think it's probably like thirty five to forty pages. So eighty pages. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. The that entirety of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everything's gonna get one. Who's paragraph. writing that? Do we know? I, I Colin I Bunn. Stop. <laughs> uh anyway. I, I don't I, Alex Alonso. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't care enough to remember. Yeah. But Okay, from DC Comics, we have Aquaman, number 31, Batman, number 37, the <gasps> double date issue. It's Ed Piscor. I'm so what? excited. X-Men Grand Design is Ed Piscor. He did Hip Hop Family Tree. He's one of the best cartoonists in all of comics. Okay. Anyway. I don't know how that man's going to explain what he yeah, has me to explain. <laughs> On a side note, I found the panel right there. <laughs> okay, hold that there for a second. Okay, holding it there. Okay, uh, Batman number 37, which is the double date issue coming out, which Batman 36 was amazing. You need to pick that issue up, people. Yeah. Blake almost like petitioned for us to review that as the DC book this week because it was so good. But it which came one? out last week. Batman 36. <laughs> he wanted to review that, oh, that so was, bad. That was a great book. Yeah. Dave and, was right. Yeah, and the and the and the double date issue, I, I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, uh, we have Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two, number two, 
Or actually, <laughs> Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, number 2. Yeah, excuse me. Batwoman, number 10. Bombshells, num- uh, Bombshells United, number 8. Dark Knight's Metal, number 4 of 6. Dun, 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 yes. Can we do Batwoman no. or Bombshells? Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, Dark Knight, uh, excuse me, Green Lanterns number 37, Harley Quinn number 33, Justice League number 35, Nightwing number 35, Super Sons number, number 11, which is a Sons of Tomorrow, Superman number 37, Sons of Tomorrow, they are tied together. Something's going wonky with John's powers. Question, is it the Nightwing, is it the new writer now? I don't think so. No. Oh, I think okay. that's next month. Who's the new writer going to be? Sam Humphries. Oh, okay, Green cool. Lanterns. The guy on Green Dude, Lanterns. It's Bernard Chang that's going to do the art. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm down for that. And yeah. that's in January, guys? Yeah, okay. I think it's, is it January for sure? It's either January or the last week of December. Yeah, it's one of okay. those two. Um, then we have Trinity number 16, Wildstorm number 10, and Wonder Woman Conan number 4 of 6. Uh, indie comics, we have a whopping three coming out of note. Uh, Copperhead number 17, Invincible number 143, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers oh. 22. How excited are you, Matt? Dude, there's an event coming. I'm so stoked. <laughs> and you said it's going to be every Power Ranger. Every Ranger ever. I saw the cover. It's literally every Ranger. Like the Red Ranger episode they had that one time where it was like everybody but like in the like actual show. the amount of Red Rangers now. And so it's going to be like not just the Red Ranger. It's going to be every Ranger ever. I'll show you the cover. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, graphic novels. We have Batman Detective uh, Comics Trade Paperback Volume 4, Deuce Ex Machina. Uh, we have Black Hammer trade paperback oh. volume to the event. That took a while. Uh, I Deadly, have the first volume. Deadly Class trade paperback volume six. It was really good, right? I, I haven't read it yet, oh. but everyone says it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. Green Lantern trade paperback volume four, The First Rings. No, um, stick your finger out. Wow, don't say that into the mic like that. Oh, we're doing the ET thing. Oh, okay. Uh, where did I leave off? Oh, Justice League versus Suicide Squad trade paperback. Uh, Scooby-Doo Team-Up Volume Trade Paperback Volume 4 Unbelievable Gwenpool Trade Paperback Volume <gasps> 4 Beyond the Fourth Wall Yes and That is it for everything This is not the complete list If you want that Go to risingcomics.com Click on the new releases tab And it's updated every Monday next week What's the graphic novel That we're reviewing It's Ian Robbins I should know this Civil War Oh great The first Civil War? Yeah I, fr- I thought Did we, we do that? that? Yeah I you guys did Civil War I don't think we did. I think we did. I think we did. When I Civil War was coming I, out. I'm almost, no, no, no. Here, I'll check. I'm almost. It's Civil War Two that we're reviewing. No, no. I'm eighty percent certain that we've reviewed Civil War. No, no, no. But I think we reviewed when the movie Civil War was coming out. Civil War. That's been our thing lately. Oh, maybe we did. Because I remember reading that story just re- just recently, and I wouldn't have any other reason to pick that up unless it was for the show. Hmm. All oh. right, Ian. Come back in this weekend. I we think gotta, we got to change. We should go through the feed and make sure. I'm 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 looking for it right now. Shout out to Ian. I don't remember. Yeah, well, I don't remember a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, yeah, Ian, come back. Change the plan. Uh, see, it might be on the document because I stopped updating. It'll okay. it'll be a mystery. Uh, for news, uh, Marvel announced Infinity Prime. Is the new? Oh, hold on. It's called uh, Marvel's Next Event: Infinity Countdown Prime. Infinity Countdown Prime. February two thousand eighteen. 
Uh, I think because be nothing says we learned our lesson like another event. Jerry Duggan. Here, I'll read the 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 the, the oh, summary. Okay. It says the Infinity Stones individually they grant their wielder great power. Together they grant the power of a god. Newly reformed and scattered throughout the universe, these artifacts allow the ones who claim them their heart's desire. Now, as their locations are discovered, forces converge for a battle that will begin the universe down a dark path to the end. Jump on this exciting ride that will lead down lead to the biggest infinity yet. Plus, the saga of the Infinity Stones, what they are and how they came to be. From creation to destruction to recreation, this prose pr- premiere... We'll tell you everything you need to know about the legendary cosmic gems. Well, well, at least we'll get some backstory, maybe. That's solely because the movie's coming out. <laughs> yeah. That's what all all I heard was marketing ploy. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, the biggest thing of news that we have is Star Wars is coming out tomorrow. Star Wars is coming out tomorrow. I will I'm be seeing it. So my excited. eyes will be feasting upon it. I'll right, and it a and couple hours after like, you. supposedly like they're supposed to be announcing the uh, Disney Fox thing tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. Like if that's going through or yeah. the finalized details of if it actually is happening is tomorrow. All right. Yeah. Well then, fantastic. Today, tomorrow will be a day of nerds. Can we like next week talk for like a ten minute rant on Star Wars? Like I just about what? Uh, just like what our thoughts about the movie. Yeah. yeah, we'll probably do something like that. Yeah, just because like it's a huge piece of pop culture news, you know. There's hey guys, I don't think we did we did Civil War. Yeah, God, I, I don't want to do Civil War. Dude, why? I ha- we I could swear we did Civil War. I'm pretty on the yeah. show. It feels like we I have. Really or we reviewed Civil War two number one because Civil War the movie was coming no, out. We did number I, four. Number I think 10. it was one of the first like graphic novels that you guys did. I, I remember. I remember you guys doing Civil War. Like I and and you guys did Civil War two. Yeah, that was one of the first Marvel comics we reviewed, way back like a yeah, year and a half ago. Issue four was if, the first Marvel book we did for the movie. If, it's not on the list. It's not on the okay. list. I, I stand yeah. corrected. I just, I don't know. I don't own that, and yet I read it, so I don't know how. I'll let you borrow it. I have it. No, no, no. I've read it. That's what I'm saying. Oh. I don't know how I would have read it unless I would have read it for the show. Okay. I I don't remember. I, I have one massive beef with that story. Oh, really? And it's an issue that's not included in that book. Oh, and I don't, yes. And I don't remember... I remember you telling me about this because yeah. it's also not included in the follow-up, correct? It's right. like kind of like just in limbo, right? Huh. Anyway. And, and if it, it, you know, and if it wasn't for me telling people about that, then you know, um, Maybe they, they wouldn't know. Excluded yeah. it for a reason or omitted it for a reason. All right, hmm. we have questions, no. you guys. Oh, you have questions. I have questions for. Fire away. Okay. I got nothing. So Aaron Candelaria texted me earlier. Shout out to you, Aaron. What's, What's up, up, Aaron? Uh, he says, I'm curious to know more things about the show and behind the scenes kind of things. So number one, how do you decide on who are on the, how do you decide who on the podcast pitches which books? It's a pitching rotation. <laughs> There's a rotation. <laughs> a, nothing fancy about got, that. I've got a spreadsheet with with me, Jonathan, Johnny, guest, and the next week it's Jonathan, Johnny, guest, me, <laughs> and the week after that is you get the idea. Guest. Before that, wasn't it whoever bought Roger the best alcohol no. got to choose the books? No. Well, wish. that still applies. I rolled in a leave. <laughs> that's, oh, that's I could have been case. doing that yeah. instead of reading Batman comics he every week. He yeah. doesn't drink wine coolers, Johnny. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> All right. Uh, there's a continuation over here. Here you go. Also, how do you determine the order of the books being reviewed? That's simply me. Um, I always make the indie book in the middle just to break up the superheroes because if it's Marvel and DC, it's going to be superheroes. And whatever the graphic novel is, I, you know, if it's a DC graphic novel, DC goes first. If it's a Marvel graphic novel, Marvel goes first. That way it's always Marvel, indie, DC, Marvel, or DC, indie, Marvel, DC, just because I'm anal retentive and that's how my brain works. What? That would work every single week unless we did Star Wars and Wildstorm, right? Almost, yes. Because <laughs> then it's like technically, technically, there's, there's no superheroes. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's one of those. That, that's just a me thing. Uh, what else did you put on here, Aaron? Uh, are they ran- No, they're not randomized. We just that's how we have it. Who's the all-star pitcher? Who do you guys think is the best pitcher on? Larry Douglas. Yeah, Larry. None, Larry can pitch. None of the co-hosts here. No. Hey, I did pretty good on my birthday. Uh, I don't know about that, man. For a second, I literally thought about baseball, and I'm like, well, I mean, Roger's pretty strong. He probably throws the ball pretty far. And then, I, and immediately, my brain was like, no, idiot. <laughs> Johnny, go back to my birthday episode, listen to my pitch, and compare. It but to that's all your one time, <laughs> yeah. Matt. Hey, how often am I actually on the show? All the time. What book did you pitch? Do you remember? <laughs> the Murder Machine. Okay. Did you say it's a machine that murders people? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good pitch to me. Because <laughs> that's oh what God. I would have said. I think Larry is like Larry's by far the best. Yeah. the best. Ian is pretty good. Ian has some good ones. Out of out of the three of us, Ian's really good. Our, our guest oh. is probably our guest is always yeah. the guest more is the best yeah. pitcher. Yeah, uh, minus me. I'm terrible at pitching books. Come on. What did you pitch? Uh, it's I tried to pitch Deadpool. Right. It yeah. was largely forgettable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't I play a lot of sports as kids, so I tried. See, I tried to pitch that joke. Stop and you're it. giving me a face okay, like you you're constipated. To. Okay, there we go. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I noticed that Scooby Doo is always listed in the preview section. Does that book sell really well? Is it a good story? If so, why haven't you guys reviewed it? Which one, Apocalypse? Apocalypse. There's got to be talking couple, about Apocalypse. There's, right? a, there's a couple of Scooby books. Team Up is okay. Apocalypse is not good. You don't like Apocalypse? I liked yeah. Apocalypse when it first no. started. I like the I'll alternative take. Like also, okay. like the new one, I think is the Jetsons. That one's not good. Uh, I think the only good ones are like, um, what's the ones that you guys really like? Future Quest, yeah, Future Quest. and uh, the Flintstones. Those are really. Are you good. talking just about Hanna Barbera? Related? Right. Yeah. Well, he was asking specifically about Scooby Doo. Right. Yeah. Well, Scooby Doo. Like I, I said, team up. Well, Aaron, to answer your question specifically. <laughs> We get there are three Scooby Doo books: Apocalypse, Team Up, and Where Are You. We oh. get two copies of each. We have one pull for each, and I like putting one on the rack of each because it, you know, Scooby Doo. It will sell. Yeah. But That's no, why. it's always it's 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 predictable. It's very predictable. Okay, I feel his pain. Just wants a good Scooby Doo book. Absolutely, don't we all? Where are you, Scooby Doo? Yeah, um, you remember that show Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo? Like yeah, a darker version. Yeah, I love Way that. Cooler. Was yeah, like, I really like. They the were older, right? Yeah, a little bit older. Scrappy was always around though, so that kind of brought it down. Yeah, yeah. I really liked a but pup. Shaggy changed his shirt. A pup <laughs> named Scooby Doo was like the Saturday morning stuff. Yes. Right. The, the thing is, like, uh, Fred always believed there was this kid named Red Herring. Red Herring. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, one time it is him, and like Fred's like, "No, it can't be him." It's hilarious, <laughs> man. I love that show. How do you How do you get on me about puns? And that's like one of the like. I didn't. Lo- I didn't notice it until like uh, Kayla told me, like, "Oh yeah, uh, the kid Red Herring." I was like, "That can't be his name." <laughs> but w- weren't they? They were grown up like in college at that point, right? Like they were a little more grown up. 
Are you talking about oh, in 13, 13 Ghosts? Yeah, because it was them older, It was like right? a spinoff. It was like when they did Johnny Quest and Johnny Quest became a teenager and the continuing adventures of oh, Johnny the Quest. Oh, the whole Quest thing? They, that was yeah. Amazing. Anyway, okay, so they we're on a massive tangent. They ended that show before like, they caught the final ghost. Ugh. That's true, they did. Rip. That was really sad. It just got canceled? Yes. Or that's how they ended it. it was just, they ended it. Anyway, no. go watch a pup named Scooby-Doo. It had that one dude um, with the voice. Vincent Price? Yes, on that show. Oh, that was amazing. You literally said right. the guy with the voice. And <laughs> okay. Well, Dude, because in that era. Yeah, yes. and plus we're just... Anyway. Mind, sure. yeah. You guys have a hive uh, mind. Yes. Uh, call it that if you want. Uh, we make out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh called the mind meld. Yeah. Right, just took going. it to another level. You got some things to tell your mom when she listens to this. Wow. Um, <laughs> Pam, I'm sorry to say. Um, what else? Did he ask here? Uh, oh, is Matt always playing video games in the background? No, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> if so, which ones? Um, sometimes I bring my Switch. I don't have anything to play on it right now because I beat Mario. Did you get the new Zelda DLC? I didn't. He gets it's a, so good. Is it? He, is the motorcycle cool? Keep like. Well, buy a Switch. <laughs> I, well, it's all Switch is going to be is a Zelda machine for me. That's all. Oh, I, I bought him two video games that he's not going to play for a while because he's so busy. So, yeah. um, I brought my 3DS a couple times recently. I was playing Pokemon with Hell Johnny. Yeah. Um, I got the the Zelda Link Between Worlds. Wait, you and Johnny were both playing while the show was going on? Pokemon? No, I took his 3DS. Oh, I was got it, got it, got it. Some back and forth I was stuff. like, Johnny. No, who I, showed whose um, Pokeballs I, first? I, uh, I showed him mine because I have really, <laughs> okay. really good Pokemon in there. Okay. All right. If you get... And, uh, yeah. Stop! Stop! PG I, I guys. I was playing Mario plus Rabbids back in like August. That was a great game. Yep. Too, it's a good game. There's not nothing really big announced for Switch coming up. So there's a lot actually, Matt. But okay, not, no first party stuff though. Oh okay. right, no. You're first not going to do Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, eventually, okay. I got a stack. Bayonetta right one, two, and three are coming to I have Switch. A stack PS4 lineup. There's right a now. lot of games coming to Switch, man. Anyway, a lot of stuff over. All right, comic related question from Mr. Candelaria. How do you think the abilities of Dr. Manhattan compare to that of the power of the Force? Dude, he's God. Star Wars the Force. We're talking about Star Wars the Force. The Aaron Force the Force. Aaron is the biggest Star Wars nerd. Okay. Yeah, he's not just Aaron tapping comes in the shop into a, lot, a Force. Right? He is the Force. Dr. Manhattan? Yeah. Yeah, he is all the science all the time. He can His create matter. Familiar. Does Aaron come in the shop a lot? Yeah. Have well, I met Aaron? I think you've met Aaron. He's been on the show at least once. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've met Aaron. No. Aaron, I think I've met you. But Doctor Manhattan, he literally creates matter. Like he can, mm -hmm. he, like he, like he you said, it's well, like I said, <laughs> it's God. Yeah. He I'm still calling it. It has something to do with the Speed Force because he's attacking all the speedsters. There's something going on with Doctor Manhattan not wanting people. Oh, is he threatened the speed by this force? force? Absolutely. Hmm. What? How do we know what Doctor Manhattan's made of? You know what I mean? He's from a different universe. It could be their version of the Speed Force. Is he, is it, I'm, call, it I'm calling it now. You guys think I'm crazy, but I'm calling it now. Earth was uh, Watchmen Earth. They never established they Don't that. they talk about Superman comics, though, in in the Watchmen universe? At one point, they reference yeah, that. They say like superhero comics okay. like aren't, yeah. aren't uh, right. like popular anymore. So, it's the pirates. Right. I think with the Force also, it's very like kind of mystical. Yeah. It's not so sciencey, like right out I there. I thought it was the midi chlorians. Well, well, no, no, no. Stop. We don't even all. If you watch Clone Wars, <laughs> Clone Wars, the animated show, kind of and it's canon. Deep a little bit into the Force stuff, and right. it's actually really cool. It's a little more than just like the mm -hmm. belief system, but it's, it's more towards the, the training. And they all get into those. it more in Rebels too, right? I and they talk about oh, two, three. Check it out because the Darth Maul thing. They get into the Sith right. War and all that um, stuff. And then. Yeah. And then this is just for you, Johnny. <laughs> oh, here we go. 
He says, also, th- this is actually something he sent me a while ago, and I forgot to say it on the show. Is it about my little me, pony? No. He reminded me tonight when he sent me this big, long thing of stuff. So uh, it says, also, I'm slightly embarrassed admitting this, but I've been siding with Johnny and agreeing with Johnny on more <laughs> topics than usual lately. It's weirding me out because I think I'm starting to respect, and he puts in parentheses, like air quotes, some of his opinions. I don't know what you're putting in that boy's water, but keep it up. <laughs> oh, thank you, Aaron. Did he say he's ashamed that he's? <laughs> yes. he's wow. Ashamed. <laughs> he was embarrassed. Aaron, we need to hang out. Apparently, up, I'm a very polarizing person. <laughs> you're polarizing well, you a just lot. Have some quote unquote radical opinions. About I, them. I don't think they're radical. They're just very different like from your guys. Ninja Turtle radical, dude. Yeah, oh, radical. okay, radical. Not really. I'm Too just. <laughs> um, I was trying to make you feel better, but well, thank you, John. Uh, anyway. No other questions from any other sources? Nope, that's All it. Right. Cool. Uh, oh, we do have a review. What am I saying? Yeah. Let me pull that up. Oh. Thank you for hello, yes. hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Four hellos in a row. That's the username. Hello, 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 hello. hello, hello. Uh, Good name. Yes. Name. That was five, Jonathan. Was it? No. Oh. You even <laughs> counting? Yeah, it was. Oh. Bad Marvel Man. Was it five? <laughs> yeah. Oops. Uh, whatever. But <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of hellos strung together. There's no spaces. Um, five star rating. My go-to comic book podcast, Roger and Company, have become an important part of my life. Having known all of them from Horizon Comics, I always are. I was always relieved to have found a comic shop that I could go to and feel welcome and at home. Having been a lifelong comic fan, it was always irritating to be a little kid who would be the butt of jokes from older comic book nerds. Uh, did I write this in my sleep? This is a safe. Uh, <laughs> You're safe with us. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this isn't that situation with a revolving door of guests and opinions on the podcast. There's always something new to be learned. Uh, I always find myself learning something new among uh, people that are having fun and informative conversations about all things comic books. Keep up the great work, guys. And if you are listening, you know you now is... Sound if you're listening out. now is the perfect time to start listening. I think there was just an extra word thrown in there. If you're, Typo. If you're yeah, not, not listening, not listening, now is the perfect time to start. That, that is perfect sense. because you guys are in no way elitist nerds. Maybe Johnny a little bit. You guys are in <laughs> no, no way. way. I know. No you way. Have, you have a couple of streaks every so often. You guys Johnny. read comics because you enjoy reading comics and you enjoy reading the things you are. Yes. <laughs> you don't care who puts the as Grant Morrison said, who puts the air in Batman's tires. Who cares? It's comics. You enjoy like, comics. You've never hit the nail that so much harder than you just did. It's okay to cry, Matt. This is a safe spot. Let's all simultaneously cry. No? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had less support on anything. That was great. Nobody even, like, reached out to you on that. Roger's like, I'm a man. (laughs) There was, like, not even a tear. All right. Uh, Thank you for that. Hello, 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 hello. Thanks, hello. Hello? Yeah. I don't know. Hello. If, is there like a like a hello squared that we can There's just say that? There's a hello cube. Well, cube. There's cube, but that's a three. Right. Mm-hmm. So it would. No. It would be hello squared, right? To. The, to the fourth no. power. No, cube. to the fourth power. Hello to the fourth power. Yeah. yeah. That sounds really like we should use that for something later. Are you gonna tell them about the panel? I spent the whole time oh, looking for the panel. <laughs> Quad yes. hello. It's chapter ten. The story is called Assault the Court. It should be a couple pages in Dude, when is, they're in the study. This is the mask from the Gates of Gotham. Yep. Dude, that's a nice little Easter egg. And then right above it, and then as as Alfred's putting the bullets Mm -hmm. back into the case, which those are the bullets that killed his parents. Obviously, yes. Dude, that's a great Easter egg. 
Yeah, that's what I love about Scott. He's all that's about really Easter cool. eggs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and before we sign off too, I want to um, let everybody know if 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 you don't follow us on Instagram, we got in the All Star Comics Podcast T shirts. Yes. This week they're uh, amazing. We have red Crop sleeve, tops. black sleeve. Um, Bryce, I know uh, you wanted one. Um, I've got that set aside for you. Your graphic novel is coming in next week. I'll invoice you through uh, through PayPal, and we'll get that uh, shipped out to you. If anybody else, um, you want a Christmas present? All-Star Comics Podcast t-shirt? Stocking stuffers? Tell them to come in and get it. Always, you know, like, we still got a week. week 100% cotton. You better dry on a line. That's how you do laundry. Wait. We, All right. Wait, we talked about this. I'm trying to help. We talked about this on the way here. I know. Okay. I need still to, get my candy bar, right? Yes. Okay. But you need to stop. Um, anyway, <laughs> if you like what you're hearing, please uh, please like uh, hello to the fourth power did uh, rate uh, give us a review. Uh, if you really like what you're hearing, uh, you know like share subscribe all of that. And if you want to go above and beyond, go to Patreon.com/slash All Star Comics Podcast. Get on as little as a dollar. Three dollars gets you the exclusive stuff. The episode dump of... I, I should come up with a different way of saying that because it makes it sound like it's not great. <laughs> All of the episodes at once of Multiversity University that we do a month. A banked session. A banked session where you don't have to be a the cheapskate yeah. and wait week in and week out at the very end of our episode which is coming up tonight for all of you cheapskates another episode of multiversity <laughs> university with larry douglas um he, he, hey larry puts in a lot of work yeah, he does. Listen to i've listened to some of them they're great yeah, i love it um he puts in a lot of research and time so i can't thank larry enough for for wanting to do that segment yeah, with us yeah. uh or for us thank you guys for listening we got one more uh episode before christmas stay sane Hold we're not on. Taking a break, though. Yeah, so we're not taking a break or anything. I'm just saying. Follow like, us up. You know, you can. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, if you want to keep up everything at Horizon Comics uh, on Twitter and Instagram, like Horizon Comics on Facebook. If you want to keep up with all things Johnny, you can follow me everywhere at the Johnny Two X Four. And for all your gaming and audio needs, yep, the Hydra Five Five. And to follow Blake, oh. just beware on Twitter. He gets really wordy sometimes. Uh, it's it's pro murmuring. I'm going to be changing it soon because I sound like I did it in a drunk rant. You can find me at Blake Starling. <laughs> My picture is Mr. Miracle on Twitter. Roger? We already covered Roger. Covered Roger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even with you right now. I am at St. Jonathan on the Twitters and the Instagrams and on Facebook, just Jonathan Gote. So... Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week right before Christmas. All right, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I'm your host, Larry Douglas. Now, we've been talking a lot about the Platinum Age, and so far what we've done is we've talked about different things that happened in the Platinum Age, but we haven't really tied it all together. And I thought before we left the Platinum Age, it would be a good idea to go through the Platinum Age in chronological order so that we could see how things developed over the history of the Platinum Age and ended up leading us into the Golden Age. Uh, we will be going over some material that we've talked about before, but there's also going to be some new stuff in here uh, and a little more detail, so uh, I hope that you find that interesting. Uh, now, first of all, even though the Platinum Age, as we said before, starts in 1897, to really understand the Platinum Age uh, and how it developed, we need to go back to 1887 with the Brownies. In fact, we actually have to go back a little bit further than that. The Brownies were written by a man named Palmer Cox, and uh, 
Palmer Cox actually began writing the Brownies as a magazine comic strip beginning in 1879. Now, they became so popular, that comic strip did and the characters did, that Palmer Cox found that he was able to start selling the rights to use the characters in the Brownies to advertise uh, a number of different products, and, uh, and he became very successful and quite wealthy doing that. Um, so the Brownies became the first comic strip characters who were used in advertising, and it was Palmer Cox and the Brownies who really began the whole idea of being able to merchandise these types of characters. And as I mentioned on the uh, on a previous podcast, um, it even got to the point where companies like Kodak uh, were naming things like the first portable handheld camera after the Brownies themselves. So, um, so this really inspired a lot of when what went on in the Platinum Age, uh, because one of the things about the Platinum Age was the marketing of characters. But this all goes back to the Brownies themselves. Now. Of course, for the beginning of the Platinum Age, we need to talk about the Yellow Kid and the creator of the Yellow Kid, Richard Outcult, uh, another very important person in comic strip history who will go on to essentially begin the Platinum Age for us. Now, Richard Outcult was a writer. He wrote for Humor Magazines. Um, he was hired by Joseph Pulitzer in 1893 to write for a newspaper that Joseph Pulitzer was putting out called The World Newspaper. And in September of 1894, what Outcult began doing was writing comic strips for the world newspaper. Um, now, he ended up in that, um, in that world newspaper comic strip in back in 1895, he actually brought back a character that he had previously written about in one of the humor magazine comic strips that he had done, of uh, a a magazine called Judge, which sounds like an an odd name for a humor magazine, but nonetheless that was its name, and uh, that was of course the Yellow Kid, and he put the Yellow Kid in a comic strip in the world newspaper and the title of that was actually Hogan's Alley. It wasn't named after the Yellow Kid even though the Yellow Kid was a very popular character in there. Um, one of the reasons he wasn't known as the Yellow Kid yet was that the comic strip was still in black and white. He wasn't, wasn't dressed in yellow yet. But on May 5th of 1895, the comic strip appeared in color for the first time. So that's when you get this character who dresses in yellow all the time and becomes known as the Yellow Kid. And this is when color comic strips really begin. Um, now, the Yellow Kid really became the first popular newspaper comic strip. And uh, and because of that, there was a lot of competition to get Richard Outcult to write for you. So what he ended up doing was uh, he actually ended up going to work for William Randolph Hearst because Hearst was willing to pay him double what Pulitzer was paying him. The problem he had, though, was that he couldn't write a comic strip for Hearst called Hogan's Alley because it turned out that the world newspaper and Joseph Pulitzer actually owned the copyright to that particular name. So when he began writing comic strips using the same characters, including the Yellow Kid in the Hearst newspapers, um, he had to change the name and he actually changed the name of the strip to McFadden's Flats. And that was in fact how it would be known when it was put together in the first comic book, The Yellow Kid in McFadden's Flats. 
Now, um, on October 25th of 1896, something very important happened for both comic strip and comic book history. It was the first comic strip uh, in which word balloons actually appeared. And uh, Richard Outcalt began using them in a strip titled uh, The New Phonograph Episode of The Yellow Kid. And from that point on, comic strips began using word balloons um, pretty regularly. And of course, that would end up getting translated into comic books. Now, um, Outcalt, unfortunately, did not make quite as much money from the Yellow Kid as Palmer Cox had made from the Brownies. The Yellow Kid was so popular that uh, a lot of businesses began using the Yellow Kid in advertisements without actually getting permission to do that. And when Outcalt went to court to try to secure the copyright to that character, uh, he ended up losing the case because the court ruled that it was so common to use the yellow kid as a as an advertising character that nobody really could own the rights to that character anymore. So Richard Outcalt soon after stopped actually writing comic strips with the yellow kid. But that doesn't mean that he stopped writing comic strips. He actually created a new character that ended up making him a lot more money, and that's a character called Buster Brown who would not only be a very popular comic strip character, but would go on to uh, merchandise and sell a lot of different products, including a product we still have with us today, Cracker Jacks. Now, of course, all of this did lead to the beginning of the Platinum Age when the first Platinum Age comic book, The Yellow Kid McFadden's Flats, was published. And that was, of course, a collection of the McFadden's Flats strips featuring the Yellow Kid. And this would not only begin the Platinum Age, but for many years, really, all the way from 1897 through 1921, what was going on in the Platinum Age is that you would have these one-shot comic books that would come out, which were collections of reprinted newspaper comic strips. Uh, even though these were reprints, they were extremely popular. As we mentioned before, they sold for as much as 60 cents, quite a bit of money back in the early 20th century. And sometimes they were, they were very large. They had often uh, as many as 196 pages to them, um, although sometimes they might have as few as 16. But um, nonetheless, this is where comic books in the Platinum Age begin. Uh, they were, this is where the popularity of comic books begin as they reprint these very popular comic strips. Um, and, uh, and this is where we really get the beginning of the modern comic book industry. <laughs> 